Injured in a car accident? It's about money. Your money. Your settlement. We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery? You pay no fees or costs. We strive to get you more at LawyerUp904.com. A huge congratulations to Whalen Bay. They are the number one dealer in sales in the nation for Mako and Tahoe boats. How cool is that? Hey folks, Captain Kevin Favor here for Whalen Bay Marine, and I've been telling you for years how much I love the Mako Pro Skiff Series. They're an absolute inshore fishing machine. But don't forget, they also carry tracker boats, nitro performance fishing boats, sun tracker pontoon boats, and Tahoe boats. Now you want some bigger news? Whalen Bay is now the dealer for Ranger boats. The new Ranger Saltwater Bay boats look amazing. Also, Ranger Aluminum Series and Ranger pontoons, which are perfect for fishing and just relaxing. So now, no matter what your boating needs are, Whalen Bay has you covered. And I can promise you that when you buy your new boat, all the folks at Whalen Bay will make sure your boat is rigged correctly and in a timely manner. You can do all this at Whalen Bay in St. Augustine located at 845 State Road 207 or give them a call at 217-3778 or visit whalenbaymarine.com. Whalen Bay Marine, your authorized dealer for tracker boats, Nitro, Sun Tracker, Tahoe, Mako, and now your full line of Ranger boats. And remember, every day is a boat show at Whalen Bay Marine. Welcome to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. Jeff Logman, Captain Kirk Waltz. Favor is on uh, a mission, a research mission, mission up in Georgia to find out exactly how the deer hunting is in December. So we uh, sabbatical, actually. We uh, we we called very important high places and got Mr. Dave Edwards of Tall Tines Consulting and in, in White Oak, the King is of it, Rut, right? Yeah. Yep. Glad to be in studio with y'all again this morning. We got them just in time because it uh, it's about time for Alabama's rut to be kicked into full gear. Mm, you think he's excited? He'll be gone. Yeah. Yeah. Look at him. He's all looking forward up. to when it. When you going? Uh, we, well, next week. The week after. This about the second week of January. Watch yeah. the weather. Okay. And cold front blows through, and then we hit them hard. Which is uh, which is amazing to think that you can literally hit all of the different places and find ruts at different times and Alabama is in January and the panhandle of Florida has a January rut even into February it's yeah. is that isn't that crazy it is crazy yeah you know what was uh when I lived in Alabama for 10 years this time in our January all the grocery store parking lots and church everywhere it was all out of staters because they were out-of-staters. Out-of-state hunters. Yeah. You know, right. coming, coming to hunt. They've already hit their rut. And here, you know, all the way from August to – they've been hitting rut all the way along, and then that's the last place, basically. Mm. Wow. A, a whitetail rut. What What exactly – because, you know, there's there's par, even parts of Georgia that has a late rut. Yeah. In that, in that southwest corner, I think, right over there by, by Alabama, right? That's right. Yep. And when does that start? I mean, when, when will you see – the bucks starting to cruise because you know like gordon yep. and those guys are all over there around faceville georgia 
Mm-hmm. And this week they're like, man, they were hauling west. They're chasing right now. Chasing they're, they're right now. Trying to push and do. And in fact, I, I just got pictures just an hour ago from Alabama with a buck pushing a doe. You can tell he's they're blurring. Across Going. The, yeah, they're running across. They're the not camera. like wide open yet, but yeah, but it's starting, starting to, yeah. especially when you get the weather. Yeah, they're I mean, like to, the weather right now is perfect. It is. Yeah. So I mean, like right now, Southwest uh, Georgia. It's, it's time to start getting out there now. Oh, yeah. It is, which it, works perfect on Christmas vacations. You know, you don't have to, you know. Yeah, we, or it can not be good. Yeah. <laughs> Family commitments. It depends. Uh, hey, uh, I'll be home for Christmas Eve for, you know, about 5 o'clock. And, don't go real big. And then I'll be home Christmas Day until hmm, about 10 a.m., open up presents with the kids, and then I, I got to go back. Yeah, I, I had to uh, I had to play that card pretty careful in Alabama because we hunted uh, all think? the time. Yeah. And I had little ones at home. Yeah. I can remember it wasn't Christmas, but it was a, it was Halloween. You know, where you take kids trick-or-treating. Oh, yeah. Mm. And I went hunting, which I should not have gone hunting, mm. in the afternoon. Oh. Yep. Had shot a deer. Oh, no. Dragging it, all that good stuff. Get it to, to the truck. Mm-hmm. I'm way out, like, off a nasty clay road through a gate back in the woods kind of thing. I'm coming out, <laughs> and there is my wife walking in the dark, mud up to her knees. Oh, no. Had come out there looking for me and gotten stuck somewhere. Oh, she was in no. some other place that she wasn't supposed to be, I guess. But oh. anyway, oh, that was not good. Yeah, <laughs> she was worried about. I mean, you. just think about you're out in the middle of the woods and you're riding along. It's dark, dark, and I'm coming out and what is that? And it's something in the road. And, it, and it's your find wife? Out. It's my wife. Yeah, yeah. That is big, not good. Big mean mad animal. Oh, <laughs> big and mean Man. and mad. Jeez. Yeah. I admit, she didn't we, have a we baseball missing, bat. We were missing trick-or-treating. Oh, <laughs> oh not good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah, that was not a happy household for a little while, I no. bet. No. You'd be counseling, that's yeah. for sure. You'd be yeah. going to counseling instead of running. You think? Holy. Oh, anyway, yeah. uh, is Favor going to call in? Maybe? Uh, I don't know. Chance? You know. It Slim was, to none. It was a struggle to get some phone numbers out of him yesterday I, afternoon. It really you know? was. He was up in a tree uh, last night. Yeah, so we were, I don't know. We we're trying Probably to nice and cool too for him. Uh, oh, it's, it's cold up there now. Oh yeah, it's it's like like cold, cold, like well, frost cold. I mean, it was so warm around here. I mean, we had that one blast, and then it was over with. Yeah, and then it was warm. hot. And yeah. there were a couple of weekends that we were planning on going, and I just told Mike, I said, "What's the point? I mean, yeah. it's." It's going to be 80 degrees. Well, we they're just not going to move that much. You know? We uh, we're going to get to a lot of different things today. I just want to kind of make people aware that um, Kevin is gone this week, mm-hmm. but Kevin is going to sit in with you, Kirk, and maybe others for a little Christmas Eve show. Christmas Eve show, yeah. Oh wow, yeah. 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 And me, I might call in. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I mean, if you're sitting up in a tree and, and it's real active, you're not calling in. I, I, if there's you know, nothing going on, you can call do a little whispering. But, I, man, I love the peace. I got to get some does. I, you know. I get it. I, I got to get some does. But here, here's the crazy thing, I, and I don't know why. Historically, I have gotten some phenomenal pictures Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And maybe, Dave, is there an explanation for that that makes sense? You talking about bucks and yeah, active? Yeah, yeah. You're probably getting a secondary secondary rut because huh. your rut's probably thanks a little bit before Thanksgiving, but like broad daylight. Yeah, yeah. So is your when's your primary rut? Right around the fourteenth of November, you know. So the does went into heat, so to speak, or estrus, 
they go they're in for 24 hours then they're out for just like a like a female human kind of thing every month mm-hmm. so 28 days later she comes back in so mm. throw 28 days in front of that november 15th this 20th and that's right close to christmas okay. eve so that's your so if they didn't get everybody bread all the Still females do they come back into estrus and so you're getting uh-huh. that secondary rut and, and i've never i've never had the the ability to hunt anywhere around Christmas. Well, this year the Jaguars have a game. We've got a game in New York next week. Mm-hmm. And then that allows Christmas uh, to be off. So, so you, so that is, that is, I'm going to dare Stan. That's also ho, ho, fantastic. Ho. I might even wear a Santa hat <laughs> on the deer stand. That'd be an interesting picture. Would hey, that the, be not be uh, classic? That'd be a nice selfie. <laughs> Why not? The hunting can be extre- extremely good during that secondary rut. Think, I mean, think about a bar full of women, mm. equal number number of guys. <laughs> I, I try not to think about that anymore, Dave. But think Holy about and then, the, then the equal number of guys go into that bar, uh-huh. and then they do their thing, and mm-hmm. you know, two thirds of them leave. Two thirds of the women leave, mm-hmm. and a month later, there's only a third left, and the same number of guys come in. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on in that secondary. Be a lot of bar fights. <laughs> yeah, so you're liable to have you know six, eight bucks. Behind one doe chasing. So, mm. yeah. Interesting. Mm. What a, that's quite an analogy there, Dave. Well, I didn't. I, you know, I just shot from the hip on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a feeling that Dave was pulling from a past life experience. <laughs> <laughs> of course, course long days, before his wife yeah, came right. around, that's you know, I was going for my master's degree. <laughs> And I was yeah. hunting real hard to get that degree. Yeah, but the hunting can be uh, really good on that secondary rut. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Less, less does and more competition. Mm-hmm. We've had a good year. I mean, I've had a good year because I spent more time in the woods. I just determined this year I'm going in the woods. And yeah. so I, I just blocked out a bunch of time and just went. Now, there are times that I didn't see game, but the thing that I noticed is that you spent the time in there and put in the hours, you were seeing stuff. And, and the game cameras have just been so much help. Oh yeah, you know, which yeah. Uh, which we'll get into that too because uh, your your yours are cell cameras, for yeah. uh, game tra- tra- yeah. game cameras. Yeah, and and that's obviously been one of the great revolutions in hunting, evolutions, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. You know, first of all, the the mere existence of trail cameras, and then how trail cameras have evolved in the in the quality and the way they can take pictures, and then. Then how you can get the pictures, which yeah. is involved. Now you got the cellular cameras, and there's so many different options on that market. And you know, cell cameras can have so many different applications, from security to game cameras to, I mean, you name it. Yeah, uh, weather, looking at weather. And, I mean, anything. You know, weather. There's stations. actually, uh, and you'll probably see more and more, I imagine. But there's some states that have banned the use of trail cameras of that go to your phones. Mm. Like uh, I just looked up a couple to see there was Nevada and Arizona already have uh, banded um, trail cameras yeah. for hunting purposes. I'd, we we had talked about that I think last year a little bit because w- what was happening a lot of people started to take these cell cameras and were putting them up on public land, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so that was kind of the big outcry was the use of them on public land, which I totally understand. Yeah, yeah. I get that. On too. private land, look, if, if somebody wants to have a cell phone camera on their private land, I don't think anybody should be able to tell them they can't yeah. have one. No. I like to uh, 
I generally put my uh, mine on silent or turn it off where it won't come to me. When we're, like when I'm going to Alabama, oh, yeah. we got cell. Cam- I mean, they come to our phone. I hate sitting in a stand and start getting pictures blowing up from the other stands. Oh, I'm I like, know. Dang, oh, God, I should have went there. Get down. Yeah, I should have went there. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. Beating. I had that happen when the I get day, back. To the and camp, I was not I was a happy there. camper. I was like, I'm in the wrong I spot. Made the wrong choice. God, gum it. I yeah, said well, to one of the other guys, I said, you can't, you're not going to believe this. I mean, the other, other side of that is when, I, when you do get them, you can see deer are moving. Like, right. ooh, they're moving. Well, you know, you start dialing up a little bit more. Well, the thing that I've liked about it is it, it allows you – it's kind of like looking at the weather as a, as, a, as a fisherman and knowing what opportunities you're going to have the next day. And when you're not in the woods and you're 90 miles away, it allows you to get a little closer to that and say, well – you know, there's I, I I can see the sunshine. I can see you know there, there's a little bit of game movement. They're doing this at that, that particular time. And then you look at your majors and minors, and you go, okay, I got I kind of got a plan of attack because my time is limited. You know, if you mm-hmm. only got three days to go, right? Yeah. You know, you want to maximize that. Yeah. It's kind of like with fishing. Well, you we want to know what the tides are and the and wind. There's a whole and, conversation. I want to get into this a little bit today because um, there's also some negatives to trail cameras. That go above and beyond, okay, what the state regs are or what. Right. Uh, and, and I'll get into that in a little bit. First, let's do a weather and a tides, and uh, let's get that out of the way. A weather forecast brought to you by the Bearded Pig, the best barbecue in Jacksonville. And I know some, I saw some big boats rolling down to the boat ramp this morning. Oh, yeah. People were moving around. I left the house early and they were moving. All right. Uh, here, here's what it is. Uh, surface high pressure ridge is going to extend east across the area this afternoon, then shift into the northeast Florida waters by this evening. Uh, ocean swell from the east-northeast persists into Sunday. Low pressure will move east across the area this evening with a trough moving through the waters late tonight. What does that mean? Today is fishable. Northwest winds 5 to 10 becoming southwest this afternoon. Seas around 2 feet with a period of 15 seconds. That Ooh, right there flat. is money. Yeah, there's guys going offshore there. I got phone calls last night. That's Jason's why we saw the big boats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Captain Dennis Goldstein, hopefully that – Fuel tank put in is all fine. He's going out today, right? Yeah, Dennis Young. Yeah, or Dennis yeah. Young. Yeah, yeah, he's headed out today and uh, talked to Chad last night. I think they're going out today. All right, uh, tomorrow, uh, northwest winds 15 to 20 knots, diminishing to 10 to 15 in the afternoon, seas 3 to 5 feet, mm-hmm. period of 13 seconds. That's not so good. Monday, northeast, 10 to 15, 3 to 4 feet. Tuesday, east winds 10 to 15, 4 to 5 feet with showers. Slight chance of thunderstorms in the afternoon. Wednesday, northeast winds, 15 to 20 knots, 5 to 6 feet chance of showers with a slight chance of thunderstorms. And what does that mean for us as far as inland temperatures? It's going to get a little... uh, There's a big front coming. There's a front coming, and it's supposed to cool down big time. So next week, what we talked about there with that rain... That's going to be the highs around mid-60s, you know, mm-hmm. with the chance of rain Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Well, that cold front is rolling in right behind it. Yeah, Arctic Clipper. Big time. Big time, Arctic Clipper. Big time. So they're ta- we're talking about the highs on, on, on next Saturday, a week from today, being 43 degrees. The high. Mm-hmm. The overnight low, 35. Yeah, there's going to be some freezes for the first time this year. Ooh, buddy. Yeah. That's going to be chilly. I mean, I looked at the Dakotas this morning, and where we go in Sioux Falls, north of Sioux Falls, eight degrees. <laughs> eight degrees. That's cold. I, I actually keep 
on my on my phone because I got my dad's from Virginia, you know, where I was raised at. My mom was originally born and raised in North Dakota in a town called Langdon, North Dakota, mm. which is about I think it's you know fifteen miles or so from the Canadian, Canadian border. border. That's cold. That's Way cold, man. There, right. Yeah. So when I was a kid, we used to go up there in summertime, and and then which was great. I mean, summertime, you know, the farms and different. Total different world in oh, the summer. So, you know, wide open spaces. You know, my cousins had motorcycles, and you know, you could just you know mm-hmm. run forever. And then winter hits, and, and nothing then, moves. And then we went up there one time for Christmas. It's <laughs> an <laughs> so eye opener, isn't it? It's like wow, yeah, this and, is cold. And and quick story on that: my cousin Dan had toys. I mean, you know, when you're in North Dakota in the middle of nowhere, I mean, the younger generation has toys. Snowmobile. Snowmobiles, mm-hmm. dirt bikes, well, snowmobiles, of course. And so he, yeah. he left his snowmobile for me to ride in town because that's where my grandfather lived. He owned a hotel. And so we stayed at the hotel, which was cool. And so I wanted to go out and ride the snowmobile one day. Mm-hmm. And I had this jacket that was, you know, it was a pretty decent jacket. It had this big, you know, the 1970s collars. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, it went, and you could button them up, you know, and get them all covered, get your neck all warmed up. And, yeah, the John Revolta look. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I decided to go out because I'm taking advantage of this. I've got a snowmobile to use. So I, right. kid, I go out there and fire it up and get on the snowmobile and got the goggles and the helmet and got my jacket buttoned up around my neck. And, and all of a sudden, my, I, my goggles kept fogging up. And so I was like, dadgummit. So I take them off. And I said, well, I'll just ride without the goggles. So I start going down the road and blink. Done. And my eyes freeze shut. You can't you stop. <laughs> like, oh, my God. And I had, like, em- emergency put on the brakes and stop and literally That's pick true. the icicles uh. off of my eyelashes that my eyes had froze shut. And I said, well, that was odd. So I take off again and. You know, you start to get a little breeze in your face, and you blink another time, and bam, eyes free shut. Wow, <laughs> not good. I couldn't ride, <laughs> so I turn it around, go back, park it, walk inside, and my mom's like, "What are you doing outside? Do you have any idea so how cold it is?" I'm like, "Mom, it's not that cold because it's a dry cold." Oh yeah, yeah, you know, but it's cold. It's yeah, a yeah. sneaky cold. So I go to take my jacket off, the buttons were froze to my neck. <laughs> she had to go get like warm water, warm water and pour it on my neck. So as a as a kid, I remember going back to Virginia and I was like everybody was like, dude. Just don't put your tongue on a bite. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. You, you, you got to think back now because the this pole. is. pole. Go put the tongue on the pole. No, yeah. this is middle school now. You yep. come back and you got two big red marks on your neck. That boy got yeah. a hickey. And the guys are going, yeah. What's he been who doing? gave you that hickey? Man, yeah, baby. <laughs> so these ain't hickeys, man. I got buttons frozen. Button my burns. Neck. Anyway, the, to end the story real quick. The next day, the front page of the Grand Forks Tribune, I think it was, the newspaper, mm-hmm. Which Grand Forks, North Dakota, new record minus one hundred. Golly, Ugh. that's what the temperature was that day when I was riding that snowmobile. I can't even. I can't and even. The imagine. Buttons froze on my neck and my eyelash. My eyelashes were freezing shut. Ugh. Minus one hundred degrees wind chill. That's cold. That's, that's cold. Die quick. All right, we come back. We'll do a tide support brought to you by Angie Subs and more right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show presented by Duck Duck Rooter. 
Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show. And today, folks, it's uh, getting mighty close to Christmas, December 17th. Okay, so running out of time to get those last-minute gifts. We've got a lot of suggestions for you, but I can tell you one of my favorite places is Wild West Guns and Gold on the west side. Have you ever had too many guns? Not in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Nah. Nope. Nah. Nah. Like nah. too many fishing rods. Yep. Nah. Probably haven't had enough gun safes, but never had the problem of having too many guns. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so uh, go by and see Victor and the boys at Wild West Guns and Gold over there on the west side. And, and I can tell you, they have a great selection, great prices, man. The prices are fantastic. Jeff Lagerman, Captain Kirk Waltz, and we have Mr. Dave Edwards from Tall Times Consulting and White Oak Plantation. We are just talking a minute ago about how uh, Dave's – far-reaching far-reaching consulting services go all the way up into illinois and you need to find us a place to hunt up there in illinois yeah Yeah. just saying it's pretty magical up there it is i hunted one time up there and it was truly uh, a cool thing it's a little it's It's, a lot different feeling sitting in a stand knowing that within 90 seconds you know a 180 plus can be walking by you will the deer act totally different they, they actually, yeah, they do. They totally they, do they, compared to the southeast. I mean, down here, the deer are skittish, nervous, freaked out all the time. Up there, they're totally chill. And I, I would think it'd be opposite because we're so, our habitat is so thick, thick that they could, you know, they don't have to be as skittish because they can hide more up has, there. That has there ever much. been a study from a from a yeah. wildlife biologist standpoint as to why deer behavior? That is? Yeah, I, not that I know of. Huh. No. Interesting. All right, let's do a Tides Report brought to you by Angie Subs. And was in there the other day, had – had actually was there twice this week. <laughs> Make, well, really, <laughs> really, three times because they, they hit us last Saturday pretty hard. Oh, yeah, thank you, Mr. Ed. Uh, yep. Christmas show special last week, which we'll get into that here in just a minute. But uh, yep. Ed brought the, all the goodies. And, uh, yeah. and I heard that there was chicken salad subs that were brought. I never saw that. I never saw it either. I never saw a donut last Saturday. I got a donut. I didn't get nothing. But by the time by, by the by, time I got to it, the bread was stale. By the time <laughs> I got to the table with Angie subs, there was like a ham turkey combo sub left, which was fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, it was good. But man, I, the chicken salad. Yeah, I chicken love salad. Chicken Angie's oh. uh, becomes a sore point in our house. And I'll come home from work, and there'll mm. be an Angie's, you know, a wrapper or or. Sa- Hey, who went to Angie's today mm. and didn't bring anything back? Yeah, who didn't who didn't bring a takeout? Uh, yeah, it was a long love. ways from us in Fernandina, but we'll make go out of our way to totally go there. worth the yeah. drive. Yeah, where's the love? All right, tides port uh, tide for today. Mayport eight forty eight a.m. is your low tide. Mm-hmm. That is going to be a point eight three two fifty nine p.m. That's your high tide. That's a four point zero five, and then at nine oh four p.m. tonight, dark dark. It's going to be a low tide. That's a .38. That's your tides brought to each and every week by Angie Subs. All right, before we strike up our conversation back to Illinois and other places, let's go to the phone lines. Gary has gotten back into our lives and would like to chime in this morning. Good morning, Gary. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? We're doing good. I got a question for you, Jeff, and one for you too, Kirk. Uh, right. Hey, Jeff, what, what was the key to playing like in bad snow when you played? Did you did you wear longer spikes? How were the spikes different than you like you played in right. in warmer weather? Any other question for Chris? 
No, uh, when I was Kirk, one for Kirk. Kirk. Yeah, oh, okay. not me. He didn't want to know nothing um, about me. Longer Spike didn't really play much in the snow. Got to yeah. say, and then when when we did, they they cleaned the field off pretty good. Mm-hmm. Didn't they cover it with big mats or something? Yeah, they covered yeah. them up and then they uncovered them. But uh, played in a couple games in Buffalo that were uh, had a lot of snow. Actually, played in the coldest game in the history of the Buffalo Bills, and it was like minus forty or something like that. That has to be brutal, though. It was, and that was back when. And well, Buffalo, I think, still is artificial, but it was the old school AstroTurf. Ugh. And when it was cold, like a rock, it was. Like it hard. was. Yeah, it was hard as a rock. And all the all the blades probably got hard too. The blades yeah. were so frozen and stiff; they were like knives when yeah. you landed on it. And oh. so they would literally, you talk, you know, the carpet burn. Yeah, you get I mean, rug burn. You get the turf burns on your elbows and your knees and. And then and when you hit, it was it like just, playing on concrete. Yeah, hard. And the worst thing was is that when you would take your helmet off, okay, you're you're hot, you're warm, you're sweaty. You take your helmet off, and then you go to put the helmet back on. And if you didn't put the helmet on the heated bench, your helmet was like a brick because it it froze. So like all of the plastic was, <laughs> yeah. was hard as a rock. And I, so that's not good. It's like it was like trying to put bricks on your scraping <laughs> bricks down the sides of your head <sighs> to get your helmet back on. That just sounds raw. Quick story on that. And, and it, was that, that it, was, it was that game, Gary, and our defensive yeah. line coach, God rest his soul, he's passed away, uh, Mr. Greg Robinson, who was uh, our defensive line coach when I was with the Jets, and he went on to be defensive coordinator with the with the uh, Denver Broncos when they won Super Bowls with John Elway, mm-hmm. was the head coach at Syracuse. Uh, wonderful man, wonderful man. And we were standing on the sideline going over those still pictures, you know, that they take and they would send down and so you could look at formations and talk about the plays. Yeah. And we're sitting there and he's, and he's showing me the pictures and all of a sudden I look down, we're standing in front of one of those blower, gas blower heaters, you know, the... Yeah, like a flamethrower. Yeah. 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 <laughs> standing one in front of them and all of a sudden I look down and back then that was in... Uh, in the nineties, you remember like the Sergio Tacchini outfits that yeah, the polyester polyester yeah. outfits catch on fire real easy, dude. <laughs> all of a sudden, he's got flames climbing up his leg. I'm like, Greg, he goes, yeah, said, your leg's on fire, and he's like, oh, you know, he's patting at his leg. Oh my and all god, that kind of oh my god, and the and the whole Sergio Tacchini Jets outfit man was all starting to get on fire, and he almost had to do the stop, drop, and roll. Yeah. <laughs> Melt me. Oh, anyway, all right, Gary. Sorry about that. Uh, Kirk, you got a question for Kirk. No, that was a great story. I enjoyed it, John. Hey, Kirk, uh, what, what was the most valuable advice when you first started become when you first became a captain? The most valuable bit of advice you got? You know, I'll never forget, uh, God rest his soul, Wimpy Sutton, who used to be a charter boat captain and school teacher at Fletcher High School for so many people on the First Coast. One of the nicest people you ever want to meet. I was struggling early in my career. This is 26, 27 years ago. And Wimpy came in and he goes, he walked over to me and I was standing there looking at the boat and I was leaning on the side of it. And all the, all the guys that were the, the seasoned veterans were pulling out. And he walked over to me and he goes, he said, so had a hard day, huh? And I said, I said, just brutal. And, and he goes, yeah, you didn't, didn't catch much. And I said, no, sir. I said, I didn't do very good. He goes, can I give you a, um, a suggestion? And I said, what? And he said, keep it simple, stupid. And I said, what? And he goes, come over to the boat. Let me show you something. And I walked over to his boat and he showed me a kingfish rig. And he goes, see this? See how simple that is? And I was like, yes, sir. He says, that's all you need. 
He said, that's all you need. He said, just keep it really simple. He said, mm-hmm. you don't need a whole big giant tackle box. And that really hit home. I went home and did some reevaluation, and it really it did help out. And uh, I, I remember the next day I came in, and Roger Walker actually walked over and said, what, what are you doing with your rigs? I saw you talking to Wimpy. And I said, well, this is, this is what I'm doing. And he goes, nope, it's too heavy. He goes, go light, go simple. He said, make everything light and simple. He said, don't overthink it. And that those two guys right there really helped me mm-hmm. out a lot. So. Good story. Yeah. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. Uh, happy holidays, gentlemen. Merry Thank Christmas. Thank you, too. Merry Christmas. Yeah, good stories. So, all right, let's take a break because we were a little bit behind on the last one. Let's be ahead on this one. And then when we come back more with me, Jeff Logman, Captain Kirk Waltz, Mr. Dave Edwards of Tall Tines Consulting in White Oak Plantation right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show presented by Duck Duck Rooter. And speaking of uh, Hagen Coastal Outfitters, commercial just played. If you're looking for a Christmas gift idea, how about a gift card to Hagen Coastal Outfitters to allow the outdoorsman or outdoors woman in your lives to go in there and get themselves some outdoor clothing? They've got a great selection of outdoor clothing now. I mean, that's oh. like my square shop. Pick what they want. Love it. Yeah. I mean, they got all the the name brand good stuff, you know, a hook and uh uh, the shoes, the sunglasses, of course, the stand-up paddle boards and kayaks, all that stuff. I mean, it's literally, you can go in there and gear up for a day. It's like the ultimate man store. Yeah. And woman store. Mm-hmm. Rods. A lot of respect. Do they have nice women's rods. clothing in there, too? Got some decent rods. Got some bull bay rods in there, man, that are outstanding. Wasn't that what Dylan was fishing with yesterday, a bull yeah. bay rod? Yeah. Yeah, and that came that. from Hagen. Didn't help him. No. Christmas Shopping Central right there, It, too. it really is. Yeah. It really is. Hagen Coastal Outfitters and Hagen Ace Hardware Stores can't be beat. Uh, so yesterday, uh, we're going to get to that here in a little bit because Kirk what Kirk was referring there about didn't help Dylan yesterday with the Bull Bay Rod. <laughs> it was me and Kirk and Dylan and one of Dylan's buddies, Jay, Jay. went fishing Go A4. yesterday. Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, Captain Kirk University was in session. but i wanted to go back because the christmas show special that we had last week we had a great time and it was great seeing everybody indeed thank you to everybody that helped out all of the hall of famers that were chipping in yeah chip wingo and leon and scotty and lester and and rich came out yeah i mean just a lot of folks came out really you know put in a lot of effort Uh, ricky Ricky purport without the people behind the scenes it just makes it that much more difficult for us you know going around and gathering all the gifts and the presents and then Kevin's wife Carrie putting all that stuff together and Tara and just all the food that came together Angie subs and and Doug Wenzel Doug Doug Wenzel with the big pig gift cards come on now come on now here's the crazy thing that was our I think it was our gear tip wasn't it last week or our cooking tip one of the other no yeah yeah and uh, our Kirby Co. Builders cooking tip of the week, I think last week, was buy gift cards to Angie Subs and the Bearded Pig. And, and Doug Wenzel is a man ahead of his time. He, he shows up to the show last week and gives us Christmas cards that have gift cards, gift cards to yeah. the Bearded Pig. How about that? Was, that? that was very nice. How about that? I Indeed. was very surprised. And suggestion yeah, to all the outdoor cool. show fans. We Thank love you. that. Yeah. Wink, okay. wink. <laughs> Next year. Oh, my word. Okay. <laughs> Well, and, we and Casey that. brought the uh, banana Casey, nut bread. No, and, that was uh, 
uh, Casey brought the uh, Snickerdoodles. Well, no, uh, and there was uh, there was no Casey. No, no Casey. Banana bread. Casey brought the banana bread. Casey. Right. Okay. There's two Casey's. KC, like the letters K and C. Right. Okay. She brought right. us the Snickerdoodles. Right. Okay, and then Casey, our buddy Casey, right. his wife Beth is a phenomenal cook. Brought he brought the banana, the banana nut bread. Bread, nut right. bread. Right. Okay. And then we had fish dip from two different people. That's awesome. Yeah. Mr. Tim Carney brought us in like a mayonnaise jar full. full. That Amy, he and Amy had made. We crushed that. He and, spoke to fish, and Amy made the dip, and it was phenomenal. It was and then really good. Harold, who was the man on the spot for everything, he brought some really nice uh, stuff. He brought. He was he was Santa Claus, dude. When he pulled that stone crab out, he had stone crabs. It oh, said oh "Merry Christmas." <laughs> stone crabs in a bag. Each was an, and I, I got to go to to Nashville. I can't take any of this. So, yeah. Well, yeah. But, here, yeah. So yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, oysters. <laughs> On ice in five gallon buckets, he had stone crab claws, and he had fish, fish dip. dip. So, wow. so I I take Harold's fish dip and Mr. Tim and Amy Amy Carney's fish dip on me with on the plane to go to Nashville, and that was a funny picture too. It, it got crushed. Walk, well, him walking around the plane with a serving tray, I have a serving tray <laughs> with the crackers and the fish dip. And somebody took a picture of it. I sent it to Amy, and she said that was great. That Jaguar staff just crushing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, crushing the fish. I mean, you just tried it. I mean, it's so good. It's fantastic. Both of them. Well, the guys are all at the camp, so when I get up there, you know, Tim's up there with his brother-in-law, Chip, and, and Zane, his son, and we're all haunting. And I'm going, look, I got some treats for us for dinner. And, oh, we got to go back to Jacksonville. And I looked at Mike, and I said, well, I guess we're eating all that stone crab ourselves. <laughs> And we oh did. darn! Oh yeah. darn! And Mike and I ate like kings that night. I mean, How many we, pounds of was that? You think? I'd say it was a couple yeah. pounds. Uh, yeah, a pound and a half. Yeah, a pound and a half, two pounds, and stone crab claws. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, all I did was steam them a little bit. What did you eat? Did you have any sides, or was it just that? No, we had that, and then I took, I roasted some uh, acorn squash. Oh, in the oven, a roasted acorn squash with just a little bit of honey. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of butter. What is acorn squash? squash? It's it's like a green squash, and you open it up. It's kind of like it looks like an acorn, about the size of a what? Yeah, grapefruit. Kind of the shape of a uh, a gourd. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then when you cut it, it, looks like a cantaloupe color when you open it. Right. Yeah, it's, it's green yeah. on the outside. When you cut it open, it's yellow on the inside. Okay. And yeah. then you you just cut it up into cubes. And uh, Karen, Mike Wren's wife, had you know generously donated it to us, and I just. Tossed it in a little bit of olive oil, a little butter, and a little bit of honey. Interesting. Roasted it in the oven, and that's what we had with stone crab. Man, after you talk about a good meal. And some garlic, fresh yeah. garlic bread. Gar- oh, perfect. Roasted yeah, you garlic you got to have bread. a little bit of carbohydrate to go oh, with that. Oh, son. Yeah. Did you do the... Uh, Mike uh, even drank a beer, which is, you know, he doesn't drink a lot. So did, he had a beer. What did you have on the bread? Did you butter it up? Yeah, it had garlic on it. Fresh garlic. Got a little butter, olive butter. oil, what? Butter. Got to have some butter. Had I mean fresh butter, butter on mm, it. Butter. Fresh baked bread, by the way. I love butter bread. And it was in the aluminum sleeve, so you just put the whole sleeve in the oven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Son. Tasty. It was. We we made That's a another. That should be a Kirby Co. Builder's cooking tip of the week right there. You know, the hardest part about stone crabs is just crushing them. And you, know, you take it, put it on a cutting board. and I was going to take them on a plane. Put a I towel over there. Yeah. And I was like, it's. Can, oh, you, you, you make a, a mess. mess. You yeah. make a freaking mess. So Drip, what? Dripping. So what? Yeah. 
It's not your plane. I just had trying it's to. A, I was sitting there. It's a there, rental, right? It's not your plane. <laughs> Look, it's not my plane. It's not your plane. I was trying to think how Maybe could I stone crab chunks out if of if I the take the ashtrays. stone crabs on the on the plane? How can I get into them? Mm, it'd be and tough. I started thinking. I was like, you know, gotta have a mallet. Could I get a hammer on the plane? Yeah, it only takes one little piece or juice to make you know. <laughs> Three or four days later, yeah. that smell yeah. starts exuding. And I said, ah, I better not. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though, we, we mm-hmm. ate as much as we could eat, and I think there was one claw left. And I looked at Mike, I said, I can't eat another bite. Yeah. Thank you, Harold. Yeah, Harold, that, that was, was that above was, and beyond. Thank you, Tim and Amy. It was awesome. Casey, and then Casey, Casey. Duffy. Yep, yep. You know, it, all, all, it was awesome. We enjoyed the, the nut bread and the cookies, went to the camp too, and – I don't know. We spent two days at the camp, Mike and I. And we were just like, we were like a couple <laughs> fat like tick, kings, like, man. Like a fat tick can't wait to get back to the camp every like, time you hunt. Yeah. We were hunting. Oh, I can't wait to get back. Yeah, that's waiting for us right there. You know. All yeah. right, uh, let's go to the phone lines. I believe we have uh, Lieutenant Corey Bridwell calling in. Yeah, from the yeah. Fish and Wildlife Good morning, Commission. Guys. Morning, Good morning. Corey. Hey, I just wanted to give you guys a call and tell you Merry Christmas, and I, I, I really appreciate. Uh, the message that you guys put out, safety and everything, and giving us all um, insight on fishing and hunting. That's it. I just didn't want to take up much of your time. Just tell you I really appreciate you guys, and uh, have a Merry Christmas, and I look forward to next year. No, we appreciate you guys, too. I mean, it's uh, it's, it's ironic. I, I, re- I ran into one of your um, uh, cohorts on the Florida-Georgia state line the other day, Luke. I don't know if I, I didn't catch Luke's yeah, last I, name. I know Luke. And and I said, "Do you know Lieutenant Bridwell?" And he goes, "Oh, I'm sorry to hear you do." Ah, <laughs> some kind of wise crack like that. Good friend of hey, yours, Corey. Hey, huh? Just remember, <laughs> re- reputations come in many facets and forms. There you go, brother. One. But so, but are you in the boat or are you in your no, truck? No, no, we we're in the truck and okay. we were driving to the camp and they had a checkpoint at the at the agro station right there, right before the Florida Georgia border. And then Luke was right at the border, mm-hmm. and so I pulled over and I, I said good afternoon. I said I, I I saw you, one of the guys up further up the road about three or four miles, and I said I, I I've been festering this question and and I I really wanted to ask it because Mike and I were having a debate. My buddy in the truck, mm-hmm. I said. As I understand it, we're supposed to bone the deer out after we harvest it in Georgia to transport it to Florida. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, that's correct. And I said, so that's what you're doing. And he said, basically, yeah, that's what we're doing. We're checking to make sure people are. I, I, I want to make sure people understand this. And, and they have done this. And, Dave, you're very aware of this. States are trying to prohibit the transfer of deer material across state lines. And that's bony material for the most yeah. part. Brains. Oh. Chronic wasting disease, the big, you know. Bone marrow, et cetera. That's why they want right. people to debone the meat before you take it across state lines. And then if you have a skull that you want to get mounted, you just take it to a taxidermist in the state in which it was harvested. Right. And then you got, what is it, EHD and CWD. CWD is the, the, the one, big they're, one. They're, they're trying to prevent. Which is yeah. kind of like a version of mad cow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Corey, the question I had to Luke was that, you know, if you harvest a buck – you know, when you decide to cape it out and keep the skull to have it mounted, what were the procedures for that? And I, I was not totally aware that, that you have to get all the, you know, not to be gory or anything, but you have to get the brain matter out. Yeah. Interesting. Luke, Luke, Luke gave you the uh, rundown of that. He's a really knowledgeable officer. So 
I'm sure if he squared you away that you're good to go for everything. Yeah, he did. Um, he was he was real good. Yeah, I've always wondered, Corey, because <laughs> just a little side question here. You know, as an FWC officer and you're on the water and, you know, you've got duties, okay, you got a patrol, but there there's downtime. Right? I mean, there's downtime. Are the are are your guys allowed to carry a fishing rod with maybe a little pint of fiddlers and a few jig heads you know as, as much as i would like to be out trolling whenever i'm offshore and stuff we we aren't allowed to do that on duty i get it i look i vote for you guys to have the ability to do that i think that's part of research <laughs> I, I, I mean love it. just tell lake just call lake city up and tell them that well, i mean why not look Colonel. yeah i mean you gotta you gotta just kind of yeah jeff said your, so you gotta yeah, keep Jeff your fingers, so. Corey, on the pulse of things. I, I appreciate your enthusiasm, and trust me, I would love to be able to do that, but we we just aren't able to do that. Mm. Yeah, that's too bad. Mm. Well, again, I appreciate everything that you guys do, um, and and the the venue that you afford all of us to include myself to uh, educate yourselves and to get out information so i just wanted to tell you guys thank you very much and merry christmas and uh yeah if you if you need me uh definitely there's multiple ways to get a hold of me so uh please reach out well the feelings we appreciate that Corey. merry christmas yes sir yes sir merry christmas have a great day all right merry christmas i thought he was about to bust into jackson fives i'll be there (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't I'll think so. There. Come on now. <laughs> now nah, it's good stuff. It is good stuff. But and, and that really was an interesting think... question I had for the officer. I, I was not aware of that. I yeah. You know, he said you actually not only have to remove the brain matter, but you have to scrape the cape. Yeah. And I, I, you know, scrape the cape sounds like a, a marketing. It's easier just to take it to campaign. a taxidermist and state it, which it was harvested. That's right. E- easy and let them yeah. scrape the cape. Exactly. That's right. All right, let's take a break. Uh, if you'd like to join in this morning with me, Jeff Logman, Captain Kirk Waltz, Mr. Dave Edwards of Tall Time Consulting and White Oak Plantation, 904-641-1010, right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show, presented by Duck Duck Rooter. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show, the Nimnik Family Dealerships, where you'll always get a best price guarantee. Nimnik will meet or beat any written offer that you bring to them. And here's the beauty of it. Nimnik's been doing things the right way since 1941. Best service, best selection, and as a customer, top-notch. Treated top-notch with the best price guarantee can't be beat. And again, two locations, Chevrolet on Cassett and Buick and GMC on Phillips Highway. My father-in-law just got the new GMC Denali, Duramax, Diesel. The Big Daddy. Big Daddy. The Big Daddy. It's nice. Yeah. Really nice. And me, I'm still driving my 15 Duramax. Nimnik did the service on it just recently, and it's tight. It I'm is telling awesome. You. That Duramax I have, I was talking to Dylan about that yesterday because he's got the same truck I do. Yeah, the half ton. Yeah, and the Chevy. Smaller Duramax diesel. 29 miles to a gallon. That's incredible. I mean, I go from here to Tampa and leave here with a quarter tank and get there, and I still haven't gone through a quarter tank of gas. 
And that thing pulls your boat good? Can't even tell us back there. Really? I can't even tell the boat's back there, you know? Very nice. That's and that and that's a half ton. I wonder what the size difference is. I don't I don't because I don't know. You know, from the smaller Duramax to the bigger Duramax. Well, the one I have is a three point one. Which is the one. half ton? Okay, yeah. what's the bigger one? The 5.2 or 5.1? I don't know. Yeah. We have, we'll have yeah, to do it. Is. I imagine there's a weight difference, too. Yeah. You know what we need to do is I need to get uh, Joey Tool <laughs> to get one of one of the Chevrolet General Motor experts to call in and tell us the difference of sizes between the two Duramax Would it motors. be cool since a lot of us drive trucks is having him come and sit with us one, one weekend? Yeah. And really, a really go good conversation. It would be. It would be. I mean, everybody's pulling boats and four wheelers. Yeah. And well, we were talking about it yesterday. These new trucks got so many fangled new things that they do. Mm-hmm. You, if you don't read that book twice, you're going to miss stuff. Yeah. You know, it's beeping and clicking and well, some of noise. the greatest advance. Like, uh, give you a perfect example. Some of the greatest advancements in towing and trailering with some of these trucks has been these cameras that they have on the vehicles now. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean. Can you drive a vehicle anymore without having all these cameras showing you where you are and front, back, side, and side? And yeah, how do they and lit up mirrors if somebody's on your side and your blind yeah. side? You know what I love is when I back my truck up to the trailer, you know, and the people go, "How do you hook that boat up so quick?" I, I go, "I got eyes in the back it. of my head." I yeah, can see I did, it. hey, I just did that. Had to get out, you know, six times to get oh, like, completely know. lined up on it. Yeah, well, well, I don't have a camera. So. You don't have a camera. Mm-mm. I'll tell my you next what. One will. I can get it within. A quarter of an inch the first time. Yeah. And, and sometimes just lay it right on top pretty, of there. It's pretty amazing. It is. It's what, it, what you can do. And then they have the this, I don't know, technology that when you're backing a trailer up or you're driving or whatever, that, that the trailer's not there and you can still see it like it's. Oh, yeah. Like I, it's not even there? Yeah, it's like wow. it's not even. It's, it's you, weird. Well, you know what I like about these cameras now is you can actually drive down the highway. And if you want to look at somebody behind you, you just hit your touch screen. And you can flip that camera around. You don't have to have it in reverse to look behind you. Really? Huh. No. Huh. You got to read the manual, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, as guys, we're really bad about reading the manual. Who needs a manual? <laughs> Who needs a manual to put Just this thing together? Out. <laughs> I can figure this this cabinet and put it right together in ten minutes. Yeah, IKEA didn't figure it that way. You got to read that manual. <laughs> All right, so I got I got to share the story from yesterday because we we kind of talked about it a little bit. So uh, me and Dylan were going to go out in the kayaks for kind of our inaugural trip, Dave, to go after sheep's head. We have never really gone after sheep's head specifically in the kayak. Yeah, yeah. So we were fired up. Dylan went and got some fiddler crabs. And so I texted Kirk, and and I had an idea of where I wanted to go. And so I texted Kirk, and I said, hey, any recommendations, kayak spots, sheep's head? And he replied back, why don't you just come go with me? (laughs) Okay. Ditch the kayaks. Yeah, because we're not <laughs> taking the kayaks, which worked out good because I, you know, TV show late Thursday night, and would have taken a, a yeah. bunch of to get everything loaded up, and would have been late. And so anyway, we uh, end up going with me and Dylan and Dylan's buddy Jay, who's in the Air Force. He's getting ready to graduate from the Air Force Academy. And he's going to soon to be him. off to the what space program? Yeah, he's going to be in the uh, uh, what do they call it? Space Force. Space yeah. Force. He's going to graduate as a second lieutenant, which is awesome. Yeah, you know? and. And Jay's a great guy. Yeah, he seemed really, really level-headed. Hey, and speaking of that, interrupt nice, you real nice quick. Guy. Did you yeah. see the rocket last night? No, I heard nah, about it, but God, didn't I, see it. I, I got a call from it. Dalton and, at the house and said, oh, step outside, look up. 
and we did. Was it awesome? Yeah, it was just you know with that front come when with the cold front that came through, it was so crisp, but you could see the two boosters lit up dropping. You know, wow. oh, it was darn, it's pretty awesome looking. Yeah, oh, anyway, I, I, about about it, I, I was I so tired, I forgot about it. No, I was what, stuck it was inside. Right it wasn't too I, long after dark. You saw it, Chris? Yeah, no, I was stuck inside the Veterans Memorial Arena last night watching Trans Siberian Orchestra. Oh, cool! That was- oh my word, it was phenomenal. Yeah, that- what is that? That's an- it's a big show that comes around every Christmas season, and it's like a big Christmas show, like rock opera kind of cool sort of thing. Man, it was it was fantastic. That's awesome. awesome. I want to hear more about that. It's yeah. awesome. I mean, just breathtaking. So so so, uh, so we we uh, end up meeting Kirk at Mayport, and we stopped by and, and told Kirk said so we'll buy some bagels, and so we swung into a Panera and, and headed out to Mayport and had everything bagels on the dock. Yep. Even offered one to one of the mullet fishermen that was getting ready to depart. Yep, we had a couple extra, and the mullet the mullet fishermen are 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 out. They're hard at it right now, catching roe mullet. The, the roe mullet, which yeah. the mullet that have eggs, which Kirk, you said that they that's big overseas market for that. Big big time. I love eating it myself. Do you the you roe mullet roe? Really, really. Yeah. really? yeah, I don't. I'm not a big fan. Yeah, the texture just doesn't do it for me. I don't know. I just. But the smoke mullet, that's what we're eating yeah, this morning, that, the fish that, dip that yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Amy provided yesterday. So we, we meet Kirk at the ramp about 7.30. We got there a little early, which was good, mm-hmm. and uh, hopped on the boat, ate some bagels real quick, and then we eased out, and we had great weather. It was unbelievable. Great weather. It's cool, yeah. but the wind, wind. wind was calm, yep. kind of gently out of the northwest, and we bounced around, and we eventually got on a really good bite there. Should I say Kirk got on a really good bite? <laughs> Kirk took us to school. Jay <laughs> caught one who's a kind of the novice fisherman or never been fishing really for the most part, I would say. Right. Caught the first one, which we were like, if Jay can catch him, we're, we're golden. We're going to crush yeah, we're him. we're going to crush him. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then all of a sudden, it just kind of didn't happen. And, and Yeah, we were wearing the blennies out. The blennies oh, were everywhere. Yeah, oh, my god, Blenny City. Uh, Kirk just started wearing them out. I mean, it just – and he's sitting there, and he's telling us how to do it. And I'm watching them, and I'm trying to imitate, you know. Hang on, hang on. Kurt's telling you how to catch sheep's head? Well, he was explaining it to Jay and trying to, and I'm sitting there watching him catch fish after fish. And I said, hell, I need to listen. <laughs> you know? Log Manel Cheapo Team Recon. Well, you know, was. totally. It's yeah. a, it, R&D. It, Play dumb. You know, <laughs> my dad taught me when I was really young, he said, look, it's a finesse thing. He said, it's all about you trying to outsmart a fish to pick up a jig head or a hook that's yeah. not normal. And he said, as soon as they touch it, put slack in the line. And he said, then lift up real slow. And he said, if you start to lift and you feel him drop it again, put slack in the line again and just keep dropping the tip until you feel him starting to pick it up. And then when you lift up and you feel him bob one time, don't do not do the drop the rod tip and set the hook thing. Just jerk it up. Just That's hard. It yeah. is hard. That's, it is, that's, the, that's, that's hard. the only hard. It's against only everything they were taught. pastor cuss. Oh yeah, <laughs> easily. It's against everything we're taught to do. You know, yeah. drop down and set the hook. No, you don't. You just sweep up. So we kind of had this competition. It was going to be me and Dylan against the novice Jay and Captain Kirk. Right? We felt that would be fair. Yeah, yeah. Team Loggerman against Plan B. <laughs> yes. You know? And yeah. what should have happened is we should have went. 
me and Dylan and Jay versus Kirk. <laughs> we would have had a yeah. chance, but we still would have lost. Yeah. Kirk well, had well, and you think you know, 10, Kirk fishes every day, but that he's not fishing. You know, you're not actually catching them. You're, you're so. an instructor every time you go out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had ten. I had, I think five. Dylan had three or four. Jay had one. And we so we have a bunch of fish, and so we clean fish, and me and Kirk knocked them out pretty quick. Yeah, we did. And we put them in the bags, and we're like, all right, let's go to Singleton's for lunch. Yeah, I chopped a bunch of them up little two foot two inch squares. Yeah, take them. Yeah, about a pound and a half in there. We go in there, Ugh. and we've got the bag of fish on the table, and she goes, "You go on them to cook them up." And we're like, yeah, "Absolutely," and. We end up, we all ordered dinners. You know, we all got like shrimp dinner, clam dinner, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And got our sides. And then they, and so we all had our individual dinner, but then we had this tray of fried sheep's head right in the middle of the table. Oh, fresh. You can't, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. it just don't get any better. Crushed no. it. Crushed it. That's fantastic. I got to say that that's one of the best seafood meals I have had in a long time. It was Singleton's was on point. It was excellent. Kudos yeah. to the cooks at Singleton's. Thank you very much. It was yeah. fantastic. It was good. Our waitress was awesome. Yeah. It was a great day. How it, was uh, the re- the remodel? I haven't been in since. It, it looks, looks good. It, it looks, looks good. great. They did. Uh, had not changed a ton, but it looks great. They redid that's, the, that's good though. You yeah, kind of want to keep that original. Yeah, you, feel. it's got the yeah. still original feel to it. It's what you want. Yeah, they did a lot of work to the bar area. Okay. And redid the bathrooms, which was nice. Mm-hmm. They needed a little little love, and, and still the, have to duck my head going in. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, you still got to duck your head going out too. <laughs> Me too. But that being said, it, I mean, you know, I've had some people say that the food was kind of not too good. But yesterday, I mean, I'm telling you, oh, that's the third fantastic. time I've been in there in the last two months, and the food was. I wouldn't say good. It was excellent. Excellent. It was excellent. Could not have been better. The sheep head, you put it in your mouth and it just kind of melted. Fresh caught, fresh cooked sheep's head. I mean, jeez, it was good. Nothing better. Anyway, great day and we had a great time and looking forward to doing that again sometime. Yeah. Because that's a great combination. Fish and Mayport and then stopping in for a fresh seafood meal. And uh, had to follow it up with a major power nap after that. I think it was That's about a good coma. day right there. Two might have been the hour. Might have been the peanut butter pie. <laughs> peanut butter we pie. We didn't was, have the peanut butter pie too. That peanut butter pie. All right, let's take a break here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show presented by Duck Duck Rooter. When we come back, we're going to have, have an LV Hires Inc. Gear Tip of the Week. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show, presented by Duck Duck Rooters. Time now for the LV Hires Inc. Gear Tip of the Week. LV Hires supplies quality fuels and lubricants all across the southeast, job sites and businesses. And if they can help you, go to lvhires.com to learn more. Not only do they handle the fuel, but all the technical aspects and the handling of it as well. This week's gear tip. And we didn't mention this earlier for the reason that we're going to mention it right now. We had a great moment last week where our guy Top Gun went on the Outdoor Show Hall of Fame. And did he ever deserve it without really knowing he was going in the Hall of Fame? I mean, the guy shows up with Christmas gifts for us. <laughs> well, <laughs> And I mean, they're really nice, too. I was down at the table 
the day before cleaning fish on Friday, mm-hmm. and, I, and I had a mess of fish. I mean, to the point where you're cleaning so many, your hands are cramping up. And I and I got done, and T- Tim Carney was down there helping me. And Top Gun walks up. He goes, hey, I, I got something for you. And I was like, what? And he goes back to his truck, and he comes back and gives me a bag, mm-hmm. a gift bag. Mm-hmm. And I open it up. Something he, wrapped up in there. Yeah, and here mm-hmm. is this beautiful serving platter. Yeah. I mean, just beautiful. Hand-fired pottery, you know, glazed with a design on it. I, I was impressed. I was well, touched. Well, I'll say uh, Top Gun, from the outsider listening to this show, when Top Gun comes on, it's kind of like the come on man on the Monday night preview thing. Mm-hmm. You're, you're trying to get to that to that come on man. <laughs> I look forward to his jokes. And oh, absolutely. Him coming on. It's funny. Absolutely. Fun. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> well, you know, we all got different things. Chris, you got a coffee mug? Yeah, I got a coffee mug. Yep. Made my coffee taste better. It was beautiful and delicious. And then I, we, me and Tara got this serving tray with sheep's head on it, on, and that's the sheep's head are laid on top of like a a map of Maple. Of Maple. Oh, neat. Yeah, which it's is really very cool. cool. Yeah. And this uh, local artist who we found out, I think, was a high school teacher. Yes, she was a teacher over at Nice. At Nice. Yeah. Art is it teacher. Kathy Skaggs. Yes. Kathy Skaggs. That yeah. is correct. Yeah. And <clears throat> we, uh, we put up on our Facebook and Instagram page her email address so you can contact her if you have an interest in getting one of these things because her artwork, her. Great work. It's beautiful. Great work. Absolutely beautiful. And thank you so much, Top Gun. That was very thoughtful of Agreed. you. Really was. And uh, we absolutely love the sheep's head serving tray. It's uh, it's like our go-to now. That's the one we will always use. And it's just so fitting because I love catching sheep's head. Oh, yeah. You and know. Me making the fish dip out of the mullet, he made me one with, with the mullet, mullet on there. Mullet. And then Kevin got one with a red fish red on fish. there. Yeah. And Very Chris, cool. what was uh, the fish that were all, was on your mullet? Uh, I had uh, sheep's head and a grouper. Sheep's head and grouper on nice. his mullet. Nice. Did, have you seen the pictures of it, Dave? No. Here, take, here I'm, gonna, I'm handing Dave my phone now so he can take a look at it. I mean, isn't that cool? Oh, wow. With the map kind of in the background. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all handmade. It's just, it's just cool. That is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. So anyway, thank you so much. That's our LV Hires Ink Gear Tip of the Week. It's another Christmas gift idea. Mm-hmm. And she's located, I think, out there in Mayport. She's in Mayport Village, yeah. So if you wanted to go out there and see her stuff, just email her. Cat her game. Again, her name is Kathy Skaggs. And uh, her, her email address is Clay, like C-L-A-Y, Opatra. Like, not Cleopatra, but Clay Opatra. Ah. At gmail.com. Well played, Kathy. Well played. Very cool. Clay Very cool. Anyway, that's your... LV Hires, Inc. Gear Tip of the Week. We're in studio. Me, Jeff Logham, Captain Kirk Walsh, Mr. Dave Edwards from Tall Times Consulting and and uh, White Oak Plantation. And Kevin is is surveying deer populations in Georgia. Yes. So now, oh. Yes. Well, he's calling in. Ironically. How about it's that? It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas <laughs> on the outdoor show. What's going on, boys? <laughs> Good morning, Merry Christmas. Good morning. Time, man. Well done. Hey, Mr. Edwards, uh, I liked your your story about the uh, Halloween hunt. Yeah. And when you saw your wife up to your up to her knees in mud, 
I wonder what she would have done if you'd have got out of the truck and said, trick or treat. <laughs> I bet you'd have really been in trouble then. <laughs> yeah, you might yeah. not be sitting here. Yeah, yeah. My thoughts were scattered all over when I saw that that's what that was when I pulled up. <laughs> oh, man. Man. Trick or treat was the man, last thing the on Christmas, my mind. Uh-huh. Yeah. The Christmas party was phenomenal. Phenomenal just to see everybody. It's such a tribute to y'all to have all those fans that come out to see you. Well, big, and, um, big thank you to uh, Top Gun, to Ring Power yes. for hosting it. For yes. sure. And they had a yes. career day going on at the same time, and they're they're fantastic and, yeah. and kind of provide Good the venue people. for us. Yeah, great people. Yeah. Great company. And and just everybody that was there. And I think next year uh, y'all should do something around the middle of the year and then December do the Christmas party because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that want to see y'all. I know that's a lot of work, but, you know, it's only twice a year. People well, want to meet you y'all. Put, you put that one, the summer edition together, Top Gun, and we're all in. What we need to do, uh, Top Gun, and I've, <laughs> I've got an idea that just hit me. Uh-oh. and That's trouble. How cool would it be to have an outdoor show on a Saturday morning at Angie's Subs? Mm-hmm. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Do a yeah. No, I mean, to have to have the sub shop open in yeah. the morning. Yeah. And then ha- then then for then they have breakfast options. Oh, well, I like it. Breakfast you know, sub options. How cool would that be? We actually That'd did. Be great. We did a show there one time. We did a live remote at Angie Subs. I don't know if you That's remember that. That's great. Yeah. And Mr. Mr. Malin outdid himself. You know, I got the meeting finally for the first time and um he 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 just had subs galore. For the party, I mean, oh, yeah. they didn't run out. They had they had stuff left over. He went he went all out. He did a great job. It was it no, was, was really nice. good. But here's yeah. the thing, Top Gun: who ate all the chicken salads? I didn't. I never saw any chicken salad because I didn't actually eat. And then when there were so many subs, I said, "I'm taking something home." So I took three subs and two brownies. There you nice. go. There and when you I go. got and when I got home, I devoured them. <laughs> and those brownies, those brownies, oh my god! They have really they good brownies. Good. Brownies? I didn't see no brownies. brownies. They got brownies. I didn't see no donuts either, or chicken salads. You didn't get the donut? No. I do know this: that when I got to the hunt camp Sunday, there was those doggone subs in my refrigerator in the Money. cabin. I was like, money. I said, are those Angie subs? And Tim goes, yeah, I brought some of those. I was like, you got subs? I said, good gosh. So, uh, yeah, there were some leftovers. So, you, you, Tim stole the chicken salads. I, I don't think they were chicken salads. Were they chicken salads? I think they were turkey. Oh. They, they disappeared early. Yeah, anyway, no doubt. They went. Anyway, but, Miss, but Mr. Had- Ed Malin, that's a little <clears throat> hint, hint. Yeah. That'd okay. Be fun. How about a yeah. Angie subs remote with a breakfast sub menu and regular sub menu? On a Saturday morning. Come on now. During the summer, like July. Summer, yeah, whatever. Maybe, I love it. Yeah, right? yeah and maybe yeah. maybe by then, the turkey sub will be called the Top Gun. Ooh. Maybe by then. Yeah. Are you angling in uh, there. By the way, yeah. I just got a text from Brother James because we had Brother James. We had Brother Dave. Yeah. Okay. The two brothers. The, the two brothers. Yep. They were in attendance. Yeah, they were. And I just got a text from him rubbing it in. He says, I had chicken salad. It was delicious. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. There you go. Yeah, thanks, I thanks James. Yeah, yeah, appreciate that. I never saw that. And thank you so much for the 
uh, tribute, the Hall of Fame. I'm, I'm, that really touched me. Have you had um, a chance to use that my, rod and reel? I haven't yet. Kim's okay. going to hook it all up for me. Okay. But I hadn't had, he's been busy. I hadn't had a chance to really get with him to to do it. But that really touched me, my my heart, not my head. Although some people might say I'm touched in the head. But <laughs> it touched my heart, you know. It was really, I was really surprised. It was cool. Well, and I thank you for that. Well, it was cool. And, uh. And I know the the fishing rod. That's a really nice fishing rod you got. Yeah, too. it's nice. Oh, those those are nice. money. Those GLFs. Mm-hmm. They are money. I've really caught a lot nice. of sheephead with that rod. And I met the guy who put the label on there. Yeah, the Willie. Top Gun logo on there. Yeah, and he said, "I'm not real happy with the way that looks. So if you want me to redo it, I'll redo it." And I said, "Looks good to me." <laughs> you yeah. know. He said, "Well, if you're happy with it, I'm happy with it." So yeah. I didn't see anything wrong with it. I thought it looked good. Good yeah, deal. It did. Yeah, it was it was great. Everything was great. I can't wait till next year. Molly looking forward to it. Absolutely. Yeah, and what uh what what number Hall of Famer was I just out of curiosity? Well let's Seven see. We, we were trying to remember <laughs> that, the Hall kind of, of a Famers. Debate. <laughs> and it was uh do you remember the list, Kurt? Yeah, it was uh it was Mike Kogan. Mike and Leon Dana. Leon Skeeter. Skeeter. Um, who are we who missing? Uh, Lester. 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 Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then uh, Chris, you remember anything? Uh, else? Uh, not nobody really comes comes to mind. Name starts with a G. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Nah. Uh, nah. Yeah. I, Gil. No. <laughs> Gil. Gus. Uh, no. No. Gary. No, no, definitely not. No, 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 not, definitely not. not. No, no, not Gary. I don't know. It doesn't ring any bells. It wasn't Hal, was it? Uh, no, Hal, Hal. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We're not quite sure. You know, we actually we've got to get Kevin in here. He's kind of the. Uh, yeah, well, when you come up with the number, let me know. Okay, ten yeah. four. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, this um, blonde goes to the doctor, and the doctor says, uh, "How can I help you?" And she says, uh, "I've been having this kind of stomach ache." And uh, he said, well, um, how long has that been going on? She said, you know, about a month. And he said, well, let me do some tests. And uh, so he does some tests, and he tells her to go out and wait in the waiting room, and he'll call her back in. About 15 minutes goes by, and he calls her back in. And he says, well, I figured out what's wrong with your stomach. And she said, what's that? And he said, you're pregnant. She said, pregnant? And he went, yeah. And she said, well, can can I ask you a question? He said, sure. She said, uh, are you sure it's mine? FDS, <laughs> baby! <laughs> oh, Lordy. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, hey, by the way, Favor, I think, is listening from the from the deer stand. He, he did add a name to the mix. I think this is the one we were trying to figure out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Scotty Brown. Oh, that, oh, yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Yeah yeah, 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 it wasn't a G. It was a B. It was a, yeah, it was a B, Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Maybe, yeah, I think that's what, I think we got them all. That's the whole list. All right. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to uh, Mr. Paul Dozier because the Wahoo shootout is getting ready to fire off. And that's uh, it's a big deal. That's a big deal. Big deal. And that's a great tournament that a lot of people love. And it's got big time prizes and it's I got like cool format. Yeah, I love eating them, too. Fresh water. So we'll talk to Mr. Paul Dozier and you right after this right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show presented by Duck Duck Rooter at 904-641-1010. 
Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show presented by Duck Duck Rooter. Don't forget, folks, if you're looking to get an extra Christmas gift at the last minute, you can always buy gift cards, and we always like them. Angie Stubbs, Bearded Pig, Strike Zone, Steenhatchie River Club. I mean, you name it. Yes, you can get gift cards to Steenhatchie River Club. Just call them up. Say, hey, look, looking to get a gift card. What's wrong with that? Tire outlet. Tire outlet. Yeah. D- Danny. Hey, Danny. Danny. Does Tire Outlet do gift cards? Oil changes for life. That'd be pretty cool, right? That'd be a great gift. That'd be really good. That'd be a great gift. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Jeff Lagerman, Captain Kirk Waltz, Mr. Dave Edwards, and Mr. Dave Edwards times two here. Doctor. Doctor. Doctor Dave, Dave Edwards, also in studio. And we're going to go <laughs> phone lines now and bring up Mr. Paul Doge. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, gentlemen. How we doing? I'm fantastic. Doing good, and, man. Uh, I know that I know that you have a Wahoo shootout that's coming up, but before we get to that, there is this um, news item that just came out recently on on Fox News, and we've been talking about it a little bit, and it's about some of the proposed rules about right whales and speed zones that exist or will possibly exist in the Atlantic Ocean. Is this craziness yeah. or what? It's, uh, it's very concerning. Uh, you know, I, 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 I would hope that common sense would prevail, but uh, I don't know that we can count on that these days. You know, the, I thought that common sense would have prevailed on the red snapper issue years ago, and it did not. Um, you know, and this is just, this is ludicrous. Luckily, and I, I don't know what's going to happen, but luckily there's some horsepower behind defending the fishermen and defending us on this. You know, Viking Yachts, Pat Healy up there is heavily involved. The uh, American Sport Fishing Association uh, has lobbyists working on this. There's a lot of, there's, this isn't going to get snuck. If it passes, it's not going to pass without a fight, at least. You know, there, there's, some, there's some heavy hitters. Swing in, of course, we've all submitted public comment and tried to, to uh, you know, have some rationale behind you know why or why not. And I went to the uh, South Atlantic Marine Fisheries Council meeting a, a couple months ago, and there were there were people there. Uh, it wasn't about that; it was about the bottom fishing closures offshore of here. But there were people there about this, asking the council. It's not a council deal. They were asking the council to uh, submit a recommendation to Noah that this is ludicrous, you know, type thing. Um, you know, I've been told that the people at Noah just don't care. You know, they don't care what we think. They don't care. They don't care that it would put, you know, hundreds of thousands of people out of business. They don't care anything about, you know. All they care about is the whales, and I think that I, I read somewhere there were four whale interactions with a boat this year total, all up and down, however many you know thousands of miles of coast, and you know I don't even know there was that many. It, it just it just makes no sense to me. But, no, you know it's the world we live in these days, guys. You know it's just one of those things. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's, it's insanity. And they're, what they're talking about doing is having like a maximum speed of, I think, what is it, 10? 10 knots, 10 yeah, knots. which is 11 and a half miles an hour. 
And, and that's uh, for vessels boat, for, for boat what? 35 feet, above 35 feet. So my 36-foot boat's going to identify as a 35-foot boat. You know, those, those <laughs> people that want these, uh, those people that want the, these, this law put into effect will, will understand. Certainly they won't have a problem with that, I would, I would it's say. Just, yeah. just, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's, it's, uh, there's also, I think, that they don't realize that some of the safety issues with having this number at at 10 knots can actually be dangerous in some aspects. Absolutely. Well, the cruise ships, I mean, the cruise ships go 20 knots, you know, all those big freighters, they go 20 knots, you know, they, you don't think they're going to bump into the whale. I mean, you know, are they going to go 10 knots? It's going to change everything. The pilot boats. I mean, I saw the Fox news thing. I mean, that pilot captain, he's right, man. It gets rough out there and you can only go 10 knots. It's dangerous. You know, I yeah. mean, you got to be able to pull up to one of those ships and, you know, six, eight foot seas, and, and, and I mean, it's, it's just. It, 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 anyway, let's hope crazy. that let's hope that common sense prevails, right? Yeah, yeah, we hope for that, but you know, unfortunately, common sense sometimes doesn't play a component into a lot of the decision making. It seems so. Uh, but anyway, let's uh, let's change that subject to the Wahoo Shootout, which is coming up when. Uh, the first week of February, uh, February 4th to March 26th, I believe is, is, are the dates. The first Saturday in February till the last Sunday in March are the available fishing days. Um, the kickoff party is January 28th and the early entry right now for $550 is effect is in effect until, uh, the first of the year. So you can save, uh, Save a hundred bucks uh, by signing up by December thirty first, and uh, we're looking forward to another another big year. Or, uh, or you could save. Already, already it would actually be saving two hundred bucks if you went into the but, late entry, <laughs> which is way past. It's like the last. What right. is it? Uh, the first couple of days of February. Well, what we do is we try. It, it's five fifty now. It'll be six fifty, and then the day of the kickoff party. It's seven fifty because we 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 have Lauren has enough to do on the kickoff party day, yeah. Then register new people. So if you're going to pay out the kickoff party, we're going to give you a little tax, you know. So mm-hmm. that that's how that works. You know, I'm, I'm eyeballing this first gotta, prize. By the way, Paul, first first prize. I'm on your website at wahooshootout.com. First place, one hundred thousand dollar value, a twenty one foot yellowfin bay boat nice. with a two hundred horsepower Yamaha four stroke and America Maritrail trailer. Whoa. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 uh it's a it's a certainly a a uh, a substantial prize. The guy that won last year, I believe, won with Calcutta and everything, won over one hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars. You know, it's 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 a real it's it's a big big purse. There's no question. This year, we're very lucky. Is you know, the Nemnick family of dealership is so good to our community. They've stepped up. We're going to do a lucky ticket drawing on this like we did for the uh, old school where if you catch a fish and you send us a picture with your boat number on the water, you're going to be entered to win $10,000. Uh, we're going to draw it at the awards. So, you know, there's many ways to win. We've got a new Zack Attack Lures. Zack Attack Lures was acquired by Diamond Fishing. and uh, if you catch a, a, a fish on a, the largest fish caught on a Zack attack lure, they're beautiful lures, by the way, is going to win 5,000 bucks. The largest Wahoo caught on a dead bait, a troll ballyhoo, mullet or mackerel will win $5,000. We have more ways to win than ever. And, 
we're we're really excited about it. It's the largest Wahoo tournament in the world. I think we have the largest Wahoo tournament in the world here and the largest kingfish tournament in the world here in northeast Florida. And I think and we definitely have the largest sheep's head tournament here yep. in northeast Florida. And, and I think that's I think that's pretty cool. I think all that's very cool, cool and we're proud of it. And, well it's uh, such a unique fishery you know, and it and it's been so vibrant. I know I saw Dennis Shung at the, the cleaning table the other day and we had four or five days of just gorgeous weather a uh, week before last. And I can tell you from what he told me, it sounded like they really got on the Wahoo well. Yeah, a couple boats caught 10, 12 fish uh, last week in that, that little stretch of, went, of weather. And there's there's a couple Wahoo tournaments going on right now. The the Jacksonville Blue Water Club's running a Wahoo tournament. I believe there's been some 70-pound class fish caught in the mm, uh, nice. Northeast Florida Marlin Association's got one going that just started. And I don't think that anybody's fished yet, but... Uh, yeah, fishing's good, and this cold snap we're supposed to get next week, I think, will will do nothing but make it better. And it seems like the colder it is, the better it is for Wahoo around here. Doesn't that kind of so, narrow the 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 warm temperature strips? Is that is that what effectively makes it that much better? Where that colder water pushes in on the Gulf Stream and narrows the width of the the warm water eddies that are moving around. Yes, you know, you know. Uh, when I was a kid, I could remember, not a kid, but, you know, 20 years ago, I can remember running offshore in my dad's boat and going by the weather buoy and the water being 63, 64 degrees out there, 40 miles off of St. Augustine. And you get out there to 150, 160 feet. And if you got to 69 or 70, you were going to have a good day. But a lot of times it was 67, 68 and green water and you wouldn't catch anything. The warm water was offshore, offshore the bottom. Uh, now the, the, where the weather buoy used to be, which another common sense thing, they took that thing away. What sense did that make? Um, it never gets below 70 degrees year round. It seems like ever. Right. So those fish are scattered from a hundred feet to a thousand feet. And that's why the high speed trollers have such an advantage because they can cover so much territory yeah. and they can, they can fish from St. Augustine to Georgia in the same day and back, really. Yeah, I mean, they a troll it. A lot of these guys are trolling at 17 knots. You know, my my dad's boat cruised at 17 knots back in the day. Right. So, God, uh, I mean, 17 yeah, knots, but, fishing at 17 knots. Think about that. Yeah, but when they hit Blaine it, down. they hit it like a ton of bricks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you, um, Paul, yeah, did you, you see were, that uh, Sport Fishing Mag posting of the state record size 900-pound bluefin tuna caught off North Carolina? Did you see that? I, I did see something about that. I didn't read the particulars of it. Yeah, that's wild, that's man. A, that's a big boy. Those fish mm. have to come through here at some point. I, I know they've been seen. I know Jonathan's seen a couple of them. And, yep. And some people have tried to catch them, but there's no reason they're not here. You know, we've been these people have been seeing these big schools of pogies out there around Elton Bottom and whatnot in, in the wintertime, and those bluefins aren't far behind, I wouldn't think. Mm-mm. No, you've got to think they're there. I saw pogies in the Mayport Inlet this week. I mean, I actually caught him with a cast net. Wow. Crazy. It's crazy, isn't it? It is. It's great. Well, Paul. Uh, times are changing. Times are changing. Well, we we need to get you in the studio to talk a little uh, little tournament fishing because uh, the Wahoo shootout's coming up, but then also you have the Kingfish shootout coming up next uh, summer. So we we got to get you in the studio sometime in January. Uh, I'd love to. Just let me know uh, a good time, and I'll be there, and I'll bring breakfast. Uh, there day. you go. Dave, <laughs> old dave no showed us at a big christmas party last night you know we were waiting around for him all night at the christmas party captain jeremy alvarez was there but dave no showed us we were, hurt our feelings hurt our feelings oh, he, he, i don't I, 
I don't think he would have made it at seven this morning, though. I'm not quite sure. It was, he might have been a few minutes later. Yeah, I'm surprised you're up already. <laughs> well, we got hey, hey guys, we got basketball at eight thirty. Basketball practice at eight. Oh boy, hey, yep. what's, what, what's the old saying? You know, Dad used to tell you, tell you, you ain't first or last. No, if you're gonna hoot with the owls at night, you got to wake up in the morning and soar with the eagles. Yeah, yeah there you go. That's right. That's right. My dad yeah, never said that to me. You better- yeah, you're gonna be dumb. You better be tough. That's yeah, for sure. That's right. <laughs> Another way to put it. All right. Thank you, Paul. Hey, thank you guys. Appreciate your support. All right, Paul. All right, see see you. you. 904-641-1010. If you'd like to join us here this morning on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show, presented by Duck Duck Rooter. Is the season, baby. Way up in the sky. It really is. <laughs> Do you see what I see? A star, a star. You know, in reality, it's it's really not that bad. It ain't that good. No, I, I, I it's not that bad. It ain't that good. I, I give him kudos for doing it. Yeah. You know? I don't I don't even know Frank, but I give I give That's him Frank Frangie there saying. Yeah, I, I know yeah. that. Well, he did a holiday album, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, did he really? Did, did, did the, whole, the other the whole, songs? The whole, that seems like the only song we got. You got another song? The whole family. No, no, that's that's the only one. That's the that's the best showcase of his talent. Mm. Well, there yeah. you go. Stick to sports talk and play by play, Frank. Football. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't think it's that bad. Every year we do this, but it's just so truthful. It's, just, it's not that bad. Had to get that in. Hey, by the way, the I, I pulled up the article. Not like you won't talk about it tomorrow, but go ahead. Talking about the right whale stuff and just wanted to read a, yeah. a little clip from this article that was on Fox News. And, you know, look, I, here, here it is. And, and this guy by the name of Hugelmeyer is president of the National Marine Fisheries, uh, excuse me, National Marine Manufacturers Association. And he is just uh, one of a growing number of uh, voices that are outraged over this proposal that's being put forward by the U.S. Commerce Department under the auspices of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. And he said this, this would be the greatest regulatory overreach in American maritime law, end quote. That's how he described a proposal by the Biden administration to limit the speed of all motorboats over 35 feet from Florida to Massachusetts to 10 knots. Not only, quote, not only are they creating a serious safety issue, they are creating a massive negative economic impact, end quote. Uh, the far-reaching regulation would restrict speed for, uh, to 10 knots or 11.5 miles per hour for all boats over 35 feet, and this would be for up to seven months out of the year and up to 100 miles out at sea for most of the East Coast. I mean, think about the businesses and commerce that would be in- affected. The yeah. states that would be affected. I think about just our state. I know from inside that Dalton and them, if this that goes through, they're moving south because they don't have to run as far. Yeah. For the Gulf Stream. So you think about how wide it is here, how far you got to go. The economics that are here from that offshore, you know, revenues that are coming in from all the fishermen and charters, they're going to go where they don't have to run as far. You know. I don't know how many people. I mean, it would. It would. It would literally impact i mean it would make it critical it'd be it'd be catastrophic economically yeah it it would industry chris you hit the nail on the head it really would it would it would diminish the the charter boat fleet 
to a, a fraction of what it is. What it is. Well, right now. charter boat, recreational, then, commercial. Then, it, then you think of the you couple down. It. You know, the trickle down effect would be it would it would fracture the boating industry. Yep, manufacturers, big time. Toast. Um, it, it's. I don't know. It's just. It just. It's. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. All right. Just wanted to mention that real quick before we got back. Just wanted to read those quotes there. And, folks, if you want to, all you have to do is search right whale, speed zone, and then go to news, okay, and you'll find all the information that's out there. Hey, speaking of speed zone real quick. Yes. Can, can we do the I-10 thing? Sure can. Yeah. Uh, we had a, a caller call in. Thank you. Uh, I'm sorry I didn't get your name, but uh, said that there's a huge wreck on I-10 eastbound uh, between McClenny and Town. And and it has got everything backed up. They're pulling people off of I-10. So uh, if you're headed that way, if you're planning on heading that way, just just be careful and plan another route if you can. Ooh, that's not good. No, uh, and definitely thoughts and prayers with everybody in the accident. Not good. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Let's bring up Harold. Harold uh, Wishard. Harold, good morning, buddy. Good morning, fellas. Man, thank you for the uh, for the fish dip last weekend uh, come on now I, I, I didn't get to you know to partake in the stone crabs or the oysters but man that dip fish yeah. dip was fantastic we really? we plowed through that yes sir yes sir hey um, uh i was gonna tell you jeff uh after the first of the year i'll uh come up to the studio one day and hook you up maybe even hook chris up too yeah now we're talking chris, now we're talking now that, now, we're nothing talking. for kevin just so you know kevin. um that's right harold Chris does not eat uh, shellfish, so I would be happy. Uh, hey, uh, Kirk, stow you know, it. You know, uh, he I'm all about the shellfish, baby. Nah, he doesn't uh, nope. partake. Hey, shellfish. listen, I'm just telling you, as crabby as you know I am on this show, come on with it. Yeah. It was delicious. Uh, we took it up to the camp and uh, did a, about a 10-minute steam and uh, proceeded to put the smack down on those things. They were delicious. Gotcha. I was going to uh, touch on a point, um, like the uh, vacuum seal bag that came in. After you steam them, if you put them back in there and you, and you smash them up a little bit, it keeps the mess way down, you know, put them back in the bag and smash them. Oh, okay. Usually what I just do is get a towel, throw a towel over them and just, just oh. pop them with the mallet, mm -hmm. you know, diminishes the mess. But uh, it, the whole secret for crushing a blue crab uh, claw is the the way you hit it with the mallet? There's a certain technique. You can't do the full wonk on them. You got to kind of restrain yourself. Yeah, you got to kind of pop it a little mm -hmm. bit. So are you using a wooden mallet or using a wooden ball peen hammer? No, I use wooden mallet. Mm. So are we talking like a half wonk? Yeah, it's like a little half <laughs> wonk. Yeah, okay. Because you you yeah, don't, don't want to squish them, you know. Yeah, you don't want to smash the meat up. You're just trying to break the claw so you can get to that. Exactly. And this is me. Um, but yeah, uh, like I said, I'll, I'll take care of y'all after the first of the year. Mm. Um, yeah, just uh, out here making crab traps this morning. Uh, you'd never believe. I guess people from the show. Uh, there was quite a few people stopped me and uh, got my number and called me, and uh, I got fifty to make before Christmas. So uh, awesome. I'm wow. busy out here. Good deal. I'm busy out here this morning. So well, they look uh, great. They were impressive. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, and uh, a bunch of people wanted to know why I didn't have uh, gator colors. So I only had bulldog, and I said, well. Uh, <laughs> supply of uh, material you know how that goes so no orange you right know, but, but uh anyways guys i appreciate your show and uh we'll uh we'll catch you in studio maybe after first year cool thank you harold okay. thank you harold we appreciate yep. you man you. merry christmas yes, yeah sir. his uh fish dip tremendous uh, yeah we're in here actually eating your fish dip right now uh, yeah as we, we, we got both oh yeah, yeah. It's fantastic yeah. it's a fish dip off yeah it's a dip off <laughs> a dip, a dip off, off. <laughs> 
with a couple of dip switches with a bunch of donuts too it's like we got we got all the major breakfast categories covered we yep. got protein because we got fish dip with crackers coffee yep and then we got donuts Tea. and then what are those croissant frosted those things are, those are good i just <laughs> ate one and it's it's good money. spot on it's I, like a croissant that's it, got donut icing on it i'm telling you going into sonati's bakery on a saturday morning is like bliss you walk in there and <laughs> all those people are like little elves running around in there and i'm like look at all this stuff so it's good like, oh my gosh i asked the lady one day i said how do you work in here and she goes after a while you've eaten everything she said, "You just got to back off. Mm. You know, you just have to. But yeah, it, well, it sure smells good in that place until you physically can't. Better self restraint than me. Yeah, yeah, I ain't got it. All right, uh, we come back here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show presented by Duck Duck Rooter. We're going to talk a little management calendar with Mister Dave Edwards right here in studio, and uh, we're going to go through the whole winter management calendar. All righty, to find out how we can handle our habitat and our herd." And that's herd. When I say herd, all wildlife species. Okay, right. so and uh, we don't have to worry about ten mile an hour speed zones or ten knot speed zones in our. <laughs> Stay out of my woods. Yes. yes. Stay out of Count my yes. woods. That and more. And if you'd like to join in, nine zero four six four one ten ten. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show, presented by Duck Duck Rooter Jeff Logman, Captain Kirk Waltz, Mr. Dave Edwards, all in studio here. And uh, Dave, you work for yourself and White Oak Plantation, Tall Times Consulting. You also write for a publication, multiple pub- publications you have in the past, but what's the main one that you write for now? Um, I do a, a wildlife trends journal, which is um, comes out. Uh, once every two months, mm-hmm. and um, it's, it's really good, by the way. Yeah, I know you've seen it. It's 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 not your typical hunting story. You know, I've been chasing this buck for so many years, and here's how I killed it, and all you know, great pictures of you know some harvest. Yeah, it's not field stream or no nope. outdoor life. No, it's more. This is for practical land management, landowners for all the way from the land to the ponds and lakes and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So you know, Sc- Scotty Brown, some guy named Scotty Brown. Yep, Scotty also Brown writes for, yeah. for it every every month. So. It's really great um, information for landowners, and it's, it covers a whole wide variety of, you know, because every landowner has different goals and has different things. You're managing quail or largemouth right. bass, or you're mostly interested in turkey or mm-hmm. whatever it is. So. Right. Yeah, so, so, so what December, it's kind of hunting season is kind of winding down in some places. Some places it's actually starting to get going. Yeah, and, you know, you're, you're – you're, Going through January in most places, or you know December, January, um, and what you were talking about, what I do for them is I write a what I call a wildlife management calendar, mm-hmm. and you can't cover all everything that needs to be done, but you know this for, for this issue, um, for example, it was December, January, and it, I'm providing stuff that helps landowners. Maybe it jogs something in their mind of what they could could do to help um, improve the quality of their land or their hunting or whatever it is mm-hmm. so here's some things you could consider you're cleaning out wood duck boxes and doing you know whatever it might be um so um and again i got to kind of cover a wide range because we're not s- specific to a property when i'm writing this so trying to cover enough that it helps a little bit of everybody so. mm-hmm. how, how do you calculate and this is something i was pondering because i jeff and i were talking a little bit yesterday about some of this stuff and he said we'll just ask dave tomorrow how do you calculate 
the number of game cameras, let's say, to do a deer survey on a piece of property. I mean, if you got, let's say, a thousand acres, how many cameras do you think you need? Need 10. 10. Um, well, I say 10. It, it depends if you got a thousand acres and you've got 400 acres of agriculture on it, you need, a, need one camera per uh, 100 acres of deer habitat. Okay. So if you got 300 acres of agriculture field, you probably get away with seven cameras because they're not using that middle of that, you know, soybean field. But during yeah, the daytime. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, the 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 legit study, which I was actually part of that original research of it at Mississippi State with Dr. Jacobson, was we found that uh, one camera per 160 acres was the magic number of we felt comfortable we could get 90 plus percent of the deer. 91 percent, I think, in our study was um, what we could capture deer on camera in my experience um going to one camera per 100 acres is a little you get a little little more accuracy see the, the one thing that i always kind of was difficult in figuring out is when you do the survey you're uniquing a deer okay mm-hmm. and uniquing a deer means that you're looking at all of these pictures and you're looking at okay i'm gonna, I'm gonna name these deer just because for purposes yeah. okay so let's say we got one that's their name is sue the doe right okay? and you got betty and you got ann so sue betty and ann how do you know in the next picture that it's sue betty and ann when the angle of the camera might be a little bit different and it's not you know sue yeah. betty and ann's cousins you know so we're not we're not uniquing uniquely identifying individual does you're not no so the, okay. the underlying assumption of a camera survey when you're estimating bucks and does and fawns is, but don't you have to unique them to get an accurate count? Yes. Yeah, so what you're doing is uniquing the bucks because there you can you have stuff to be able to unique antlers and you know right you can unique a buck horns you can't tears unique on a, the ear you can't unique a doe unless you know she's got a tear in her ear or something you know okay tick, right. tick in her eye. So what the underlying assumption is is that bucks and does come to the survey site to the bait site equally. So let's say you. Is that a big assumption or is that a fair no, assumption? I think that's a fair assumption. Okay. Um, okay. So let's let's just for example purposes, let's just say we ran a survey, and we went through all the SD cards and pulled every. Now scene. SD cards are memory cards from trail cameras. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And so it has, all all, has all the pictures of, of from the from the trail cameras. Okay. So you don't use cell phone cameras. No, not for the surveys. Okay. And so let's say we go through every single picture and we count a thousand bucks in these pictures, mm-hmm. not unique. It might be the same buck in these three consecutive pictures, and that's three. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when we get done, we got a thousand. So we print all these pictures. Then we play the matching game, and we sort all these bucks out. Mm-hmm. And let's say we had a hundred unique bucks that made that thousand pictures. Mm-hmm. That's ten percent of all buck pictures. Okay. Because bucks and does come to the site equally, we did the same thing and counted the counted the number of does, and we assume that there's 10% of that whole number of does that is unique. Unique individuals made that. So the same percentage of unique to the total number of does. So that might have sounded confusing. but Yeah, and, I, and I'm trying to articulate that. So 100 pictures of does, you're going to figure that 10% of that, so 10, 10 does. Right. Okay. Right, right. Let's say, you. yeah, yeah. So okay. if we had 1,000 pictures of does. You got 100 does. 100 we got 100 does. does. Okay. Right. Yep. Okay. That's how, we, that's how we figure that out. Now, the hard part of uh, all that is unique in those hundred bucks. Yeah, because it's make not your easy. Eyes bleed. Yeah, no. it's not easy. It 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 really it sounds easy, but it's really not easy. Um, yeah, and I what's can't what's see where not it would easy be. 
is all the typical deer, like spikes that are three inches or four inches, mm-hmm. four points that have no brow tines or you know little brow tines, you know eight points. You're gonna have tons of uh of those typical deer, and you're like, oh yeah, same deer, same deer, same deer, same deer. And the next picture you get has two or three of the same looking deer, <laughs> and yeah. then you gotta go, oh oh, we got three of these. And that's just, I mean, that's the part. And when you you typically do those surveys, when uh, in the fall, and then right now we've got a couple coming up that are just more population surveys because, you know, they're going to drop their antlers. Mm-hmm. Most people mm-hmm. do it in the fall because they'll be able to make buck harvest decisions um, for that hunting season. I mean, that's just like, I mean, and staring at pictures. And you do this for landowners all across the U.S. and you're staring at pictures and you're oh, yeah. and and Yeah, yeah, it's uh That's got to be hard, too, because a lot of times I was putting those cameras in remote areas. It's got to mm-hmm. be hot. Yep. And then you're having to lug some feed in there to get them chummed up, right? What do you, what do you yeah. use, corn? We use corn. Corn. Yep. Um, and Can you do do that in some states without? Some states you can't. Some you know, states, I was going to say, some yes. states you do. Yeah, Illinois, for example, period. you can't bait. So. Yeah. See, and we have a problem in our place because we got bears, and we don't just have a few bears. Yeah, it's, yep, and that causes problems. Hogs can cause some problems. Yeah, Hogs, there's, there's the other kind thing. Of thing. <laughs> Hogzilla. Yeah. That's a whole yeah. So, whole I mean, show. I mean, it, uh, uh, True deer survey is completely different than the uh, typical put cameras out, see what's going on. It's pre-baiting these sites yeah. for ten uh, for two weeks, getting them, hitting them hard, installing cameras on them, and running them for ten to fourteen days, twenty four seven. So you got a month of invested in these sites. Yeah, you're working your butt off. Deer coming to them, and then you got you know another two to three weeks of analyzing the pictures. Whew. Who carries all that corn for you? Get your boys. Hey, hey y'all. No, nope, we don't. I generally don't do all that. I, got, I help set set them up, and they, most all my clients have land managers or themselves, and they they're do responsible that. for they're that. responsible for yep. ch- chumming them up. Okay, you yep. you need the pictures. I Send need the me pictures. the card. Send yep. me the cards. Yep. And then you know, the the other key is I go at least initially to help one establish the sites because you know you want to be facing north and you want to you know don't want to have sun in it and all that good stuff. But I go help them set them up the first time because you need to have that thing set up right so that you're getting the right pictures at the right height and the right mm-hmm. distance. You know, last thing you want is for it to be, you know, two feet away from the bait and all you get is whiteouts of bodies. Challenging. All right, but just a quick answer here because we're, we're going to take a break here and then come back and do a ring power cat tip of the week. As landowners and um, or state land managers because there's a lot – or municipalities. I mean, a lot of people manage land for wildlife what's the single most cost effective way to improve habitat i would say burning control burning control really? burning you know and some okay. people you talk about municipalities there's some constraints when you start getting sure. close to people with smoke management but there's right. ways to burn small areas too yeah. oh yeah 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 and that's what i tell clients all the time some of them get a little nervous because they're thinking you know you, you just advise that i burn Two or three hundred acres, mm-hmm. yeah. But you can burn ten acres at a time if you wanted to. I mean, just patchworking. Yep. You don't have to burn great big huge acres. Right. You can burn fifteen twenty five acres in a day, and do another fifteen twenty five. And mm-hmm. you know, interesting. Yeah. All right, that's all the right. number one I would say. Control burning. Yep. 
But you got to have permits. You got to have you you gotta, know, so you got to know what you're doing. So we don't want Bubba going out there and saying, you know, I got right. I got ten acres here and I need to improve. David was told me that the most cost effective way I can improve my little habitat here on my ten acres to fix me up a bow stand in the back is to burn that area. Yeah. <laughs> don't burn that area. Don't do it. Yeah, and cost effect. I mean, it's pretty much no money in it. I mean, you got fuel yeah. and various yeah, little fuel. things, but it's not like you're paying. Lots of money for some kind of fertilizer and right. spreading. And and by the way, I just want to just real quick bring this up, is that there are state agencies that will help you do a lot of that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yep. You know, I know Georgia Forestry Commission offers some of those services. The Florida Forestry Commission, I think, offers some of those services. Yep, and there's also uh, forestry consultants that will burn for you as well. Yeah. So. All right, All right. let's take a break. We come back, we're going to do a Ring Power Cat Tip of the Week right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show presented by Duck Duck Rooter. Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show, presented by Duck Duck Rooters. Time now for a Ring Power Cat Tip of the Week. Ring Power in a Cat Rental Store has the youngest fleet in the industry and the most dependable fleet in the industry. And if you'd like to learn more, go to ringpower.com to learn more. And by the way, a big thank you to the folks at Ring Power. A great job of uh, providing a venue for the Outdoor Show Christmas Special. They had a great day as well because they had a career day. And I just want to just add this. If you're looking for a job, Ring Power has a tremendous reputation, tremendous reputation for people that work there, and they love it. They've been there. Many people have been working there for long periods of time, and they don't leave. So if you're interested, go to ringpower.com to learn more. This week's tip, well... Christmas is right around the corner, and we love gift certificates, correct? Well, if you want to buy your loved one something really nice, hey, how about a free, not if it be free to the person that's getting the gift, but you have to buy it, okay? Yeah. But you could buy a gift certificate for a local fishing charter. Yeah. And look, we, we also want to take this moment to thank all of the great captains that donated fishing trips for the Christmas show special last week. Yeah, I mean, Scotty and Leon and Ricky and Steve Mullen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really generous of you guys to donate a, a day of it's your awesome. time for free to take people fishing. That's a great gift. And what we did is on our Facebook and Instagram page, we have provided the numbers to each one of these captains that donated uh, trips for the Christmas show special because these are all excellent charter captains. And the list obviously starts with Kevin and Kirk. And their numbers are on this list as well. And then Captain Leon Dana, Captain Chip Wingo, Captain Corey Sparks, Captain Scott Shank, Captain Ricky Purpore, Captain Rob Bennett, Captain Chad Starling, and Captain Steve Mullen. Yeah. All excellent captains. So yeah, if you want to buy a gift certificate for a fishing charter, there's their numbers. Yeah. And, folks, the ones that did win the, the gift certificates for the charter experience, the free charter, I mean, when you take them out and you enjoy the day with those guys, remember, uh, you know, maybe just throw a little extra to them, a little tip. Tipping hurt. is always appreciated. Yeah, always. Always appreciated. Appreciate that. That's your Ring Power Cat Tip of the Week, folks. Uh, local charter captains got uh, some great ones that have supported the outdoor show. Their names, numbers are up on the list on our Facebook and Instagram page. Beautiful. Dave, there was some interesting uh, stuff that we were talking about, you know, a little bit off the air, too. You know, I, 
our property has has uh, the ones that we've been so generous to uh, allowed to have leased for over 22 years now and I, I, my kid kind of grew up there and every time I go there even this last weekend you know I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to do it but it's such a unique piece of land because it's on the Suwannee River and it and it changes based on what that river does oh yeah yeah, yeah. the river comes up and floods and does different things and I mean I was sitting in a tree the other day in a climber and I was almost 20 feet off the ground and I looked at the tree lines in the swamp area I was in and the water line was at 15 feet yeah. and I'm going at 15 feet, where do all these deer and hogs and bears go? Mm-hmm. Get pushed to higher ground. Yeah. And the other thing that I noticed that it also greatly affects our, our mass crop production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, um, what do you suggest to a person that, that that's in that position maybe have a, a property that's very similar in order to get more mass crop production out of their trees. Is there something that you can do to enhance that? There is. And so, um, you know, the flooding and such, there's nothing we can do about that or you can do about it. So you're going to have to live with that a little bit. Right. Um, 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 Dr. Harper in Tennessee did a lot of research on mass producing oaks, how to make them better, produce more, et cetera, because everybody's throwing fertilizer to it. And, found out the fertilizer does nothing really as far as acorn production doesn't no okay does it make them taste different well i don't know if he i don't know if he did a taste test but <laughs> well the reason the reason i ask you that's this a good is, question that's a good question that's well, a good make question. it sweeter so to speak well and the yeah. reason that i ask that is because it's amazing that you can have two or three oak trees in a cluster mm-hmm. and it seems like the deer always go to one in particular sometimes mm-hmm. and it's yeah. year after year yeah. And, and, you, and I don't, sometimes I don't know why. Yeah. And then maybe it changes from year to year and maybe it's just, it's just me, but I mean, sometimes they, they seem to have a preference. Yeah. And you know, back to what you were asking, Kurt, I think the number one thing would be daylighting them. So given that crown sun. So if it's in a hardwood forest, it's got competition all around it. Mm-hmm. Right. And you pick out the quality tree that, you know, you're going to make it even better quality, but you cut the other ones around it to give it some daylight think think about think about it this way when you're in a shopping mall or wherever it is, or a shop parking lot and there's acorn like live oak acorns everywhere that's because that's one single tree in that island of concrete never thought no of competition that. and it's got all the sunlight it can possibly right. get i know when i go to the home depot down by our house jeff mm-hmm. down here on the beach you go in that parking lot there they got three or four oak trees and the mass crop out of those those trees this year was phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, you could have filled pickle buckets. Yeah. So, with daylight, acorns. we call it daylighting them or, you know, releasing them. Never thought of that. Um, release those trees and you'll get a lot more production. Yeah. That's crazy. So, the fertilizer trick, you know, because Mike Wren, who has basically a, a, a degree in agronomy and has studied the growing trees and landscape his whole career, you know, we were talking the other day and we were walking out of the woods together and he said, "We you know, we should probably come in here during spring turkey and fertilize some of these oaks. That doesn't really help. Not based on Craig Harper's research. Okay. Yeah. And maybe another way to do it would be what they call timber stand improvement. Is that right? TSI? That's, yep. And so that's exactly what I was talking about was daylight. Which, and timber stand improvement is opening the stand Yeah, up. taking the competition away from the oak trees that are or the trees that are around the oak trees yeah, or you whatever. Know, we, we do the same thing. It doesn't have anything to do with mass crops or acorns, but when you're thinning a pine plantation, right? 
you know, Open if you don't thin it, the they start self pruning themselves and getting tighter and tighter, and not growing as much. You go in there and thin it, and look back two years later, and you got a lot bigger crown, lot lot lower crown, lot wider crown, better growing tree. You know, that was inter- interesting. This uh, I, I planted um, sawtooth oaks a few years ago, which is uh, is that like a, a foreign variety of oak tree from? It is. But from the far east or something. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I planted them, and they, they were doing great. And then this past year, they almost got like uh, the leaves, parts of the tree started dying. And huh. I, I figured out what it is. Blight. Yeah, Like I some kind of um, I haven't, I haven't, weird. You know, with all, that was kind of a big thing to do back in the day is everybody wanted to plant sawtooths. Yeah. And they still do. And I, and I plant them myself, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever had anybody that I know of have a mass, not a single, you know, sometimes you have a single tree having a, a disease or an right. issue, but having like a mass kind of blight kind of situation. Um, yeah, I had a bunch, I'll call bunch Al, of Alan Dees with the wildlife group. Would yeah. And um, just I'll curious. shoot him a message and see what he thinks. Yeah, just just curious just because it's weird how that happens. And uh, the, along those lines, if you could plant one species of mass producing tree and then you could plant one fruit bearing tree. tree yeah i was going to ask in that. the southeast Good what question. would you choose i would probably go with sawtooth mm-hmm. um because it's such they a produce early quick grower too i mean it yeah. starts producing acorns and got five to seven years later. really pretty fall colors to it as well gorgeous holds their leaves and turns colors so it adds aesthetics to your property mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. um and then um and, and we'll think about the other oaks you know all of our a lot of our natives it takes 15 plus years, 20, 25 years before they start producing acorns. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, you're looking at a lot longer investment there. But um, I'd say from a fruit standpoint, I don't, I know this would be a uh, weird answer, but fruit is a little more decoration than ice cream mm-hmm. to me. Um, it's not so much nutrition. Yeah. Um, but having said that, pears is probably my go to because they're a little easier. That and crab apples are pretty yeah. easy to grow. Um, hold their own and can withstand a lot of the climate changes and droughts and you start trying to do apples and some other stuff it's kind of a i don't want to say hit or miss but it's can be not as successful right i know we have groves you know small groves of persimmons in different spots on the property yeah 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 persimmons is a good one too and it, they'll produce one year and then the next year they want like this this last year they didn't produce crap mm-hmm. and i've got like 20 of them in one spot and i was real disappointed when i looked up there and i was like nothing and i you know even going into into the summer when I went up there a couple times. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so persimmons is native, and persimmons is one hundred percent a go to. But generally speaking, you'll have persimmons in the woods, and so if you're doing supplemental planting, I'd be planting something else. Yeah. Now one of the guys asked me about tupelos the other day, and I don't know. I remember I had conversations going back with Mister Bill Ottmeyer, God rest his soul, years ago, and and I said, Bill, what you know, what what animals eat these tupelos? And he goes, A deer will not eat a tupelo unless it's just desperately hungry. He said the bears will eat it and uh, some of the other wildlife, but apparently that fruit must be bitter or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I've never tried one. You know? I don't have a clue. All right, let's take a break. We come back, we'll talk more, and we can talk to you, 904-641-1010, if you'd like to join us here this morning on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show presented by Duck Duck Rooter.
Welcome back to the Nimnik Chevrolet Outdoor Show presented by Duck Duck Rooter. Jeff Loggeman in studio with Captain Kirk Walsh, Mr. Dave Edwards. And uh, guys, we got uh, that time of year. It's sheep's head season. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Me and Kirk went out yesterday and had a couple of boys with us. That was fun. My son Dylan and Jay. And Dave, have you uh, have you been tuning up yet? Haven't been tuning up, but I've been oh, haven't been tuning up, but I've been scouting a little bit. Okay, how's our scouting going? It's looking good, promising, looking promising. Okay, good. Uh, is the boat okay? Boat's all good. Well, okay, but uh, missing the shop, and you know how that goes. And okay, I get calls back. Hey, uh, got uh, bad news. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's break out another thousand. B O A T. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that's part of it. Yep, it is. So, <laughs> hey, but a uh, little shout out to Atlantic Coast Marine. They they're, have, they're they, great. They do fantastic stuff. They I mean, do. They do. Yeah. They do great. I mean, work. they're going out of their way to help me get my trailer fixed and get my bottom painted and other things. So. Uh, Brett Elrod does a great job. Yeah, yep. Brett Elrod, Brett Cannon, Brett Cannon. They really take good care of me. I'm so thankful that they do. Really good. So, um, have you have you heard any reports from up Fernandina Way on the rocks? I have not. No. Um, kind of been out of tune with it for a little bit. I mean, I see post. You know, they got to be biting people catching. Yeah, yeah, gotta I mean, be. they yeah, got to be biting. chewing. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing folks that I know that send me messages. Yeah, Mayport is is kind of pretty good right now. Yeah, it's good. How far are they catching them in? I've I heard caught, they're catching them pretty far, almost to. to uh, I caught them all the downtown? way up. I caught them all the way up to Dames Point. You know. Yeah. Okay. And then the other day, I mean, we were trout fishing. And I was catching them trout fishing, not trying to catch sheep. Were we using them shrimp? Shrimp, yeah, shrimp and a jig, just bouncing it on the bottom, and and they were they were actually hitting it hard, you know, like a trout mm-hmm. would. Yeah, and you're thinking you got a trout on there. So and you were setting the hook, thinking you had a trout, but yeah. they were sheep's head. It was heads. I'll be darned. You know, that's and not I, very. I'll tell you what, I love catching those things. They're catching sheephead. I don't know. I mean, look, favorites. I think I think pound for pound, a mangrove snapper will pull of sheep's head any day of the week. I don't know those big ones, man. Those six no, to ten no, no, pounders. No, no, no. Pound for pound. Well, you yeah. catch a little mangrove snapper, and he will bulldog you. Pound to for no pound. Yeah, you know, if you had a they're mean a, a ten pound mangrove snapper, you'd know it. Oh yeah. hell yeah! I yeah. tell you what's fun is the other day last year, last week when we got offshore those three days when it was beautiful, we got on those big old plate size, double hand size ringtails, porgies, yeah. mm-hmm. which to me just as good as a sheephead. You don't get as much meat on them. Yeah, man, you talk about pulling one out of 60, 70 feet of water on a light tackle spinning rod. That'd be fun. And they double that sucker over, you know? Yeah. I mean, going out to that KBY reef right off Fernandina where you guys catch all them giant sheephead. Yep. I mean, we all slaughter those sheephead out there. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. A, <laughs> y'all don't want anybody to know about that, so that's a Jedi mind. What are you talking about? Y'all, y'all ignore that. What are you talking about? But you pull up. <laughs> yeah. I get him over there. He's all going, God damn it. Yeah. But – you know, you pull a sheep head out of 50 feet of water. Are you giving away our spots on That's, the air? That is fun. Uh, no, no, I go out there all the time. Yeah. You know, I spend a lot of time out there. <laughs> that was wrong. Yeah. That was wrong. <laughs> hey, deer season's about to come to no, just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready yeah. for the old cheapo, though. I am, too. I'm getting ready. I look I'm forward fired. to it every year. You I know, it's too. funny. Yesterday, we cleaned, what, two? Maybe three of those 15 or 20, whatever, have, how many we caught. Mm-hmm had eggs in them i was really surprised yeah they, they were oh, rowed up not heavily rowed but they mm. are starting to row up They're starting to get there yeah no and and the great thing is about 
sheep's head when you get a couple guys clean them. You can make pretty pretty quick work of them. A lot of people complain about cleaning sheep's head. I don't mind it. It's I just, don't mind it. No. It's just you got to be careful. You know, their spines are just – always tell folks when they're slinging them in the boat and stuff like that, be careful because the, the, those six dorsal spines on their head – They're pretty pretty stout now. They're nasty. I will tell tell people that if you want to clean sheep's head, make sure they're dead and cold. That's exactly yep. right. Have that makes ice. all the difference in the world. I always yep. fill my ice box up with way more ice than I need and bury mm-hmm. them. Yes. Just start shoving them down in the ice. Yeah. You know, I don't like cleaning live fish. I really don't. Mm-mm. I can't stand that. Kurt, do you leave your plug in? Like when your ice melts so it's slushy? No. I, I do like kingfishing and all, and even that, because it seems like it just gets it's them cold. More or cold. Yeah. yeah, and that's good. It really stiffens them up. Yeah. Doesn't make it any colder in the box, right, but right. it makes more cold touch the actual That's a good idea. More that's area. probably a really yeah. good idea. I should probably do that. After years of. Um, Ice and body parts. I will tell you that having an ice bag with a little bit of water in it, I for me, he means animals, folks. Felt better. Deer, yeah. You know, it, 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 well, it gave you the cold sensation over a broader area because instead of just you know, and, right. and I actually had this conversation with one of the trainers. He's like, "No, if the ice is colder. You want the ice touching you." And I was like, "Well, yeah," but the problem is, is that the ice doesn't touch you on every single part. Yeah. yeah, of your skin. It's hard to do that. I know when I throw my back out or my lower back hurts or something to take an ice pack. And put it up against your skin. Yeah, you just got to get there's, over it. There's nothing you know. comfortable about that. I'm like, yo. No, no, no. Oh. no. But, but for fish, though, I mean, I, I'm seriously, cleaning sheep's head when they're cold makes all the difference in the world. Oh, yeah. 100%. I, I think it's that way with all fish myself. I yeah, agree. Definitely them, with sheep's you head. You want them cold and like it also trout, seems like I don't they're mind. not bloody and bleeding while you're cutting and doing. And, yeah, and but I like, agree. A, like a trout, I don't care one way or the other. See, I want a trout real stiff because they're such, the meat's so soft. Yeah. You know, True, but I mean it's mushy. Almost. It's not. I mean it, it's a bigger deal with sheep's head compared to like a trout. Yeah. But I'm the same way with kingfish in the summertime. I want those things covered in ice. Yeah. I don't want any part of their mm-hmm. body sticking up out of the ice. And that's when I started putting leaving the plug in because they're so long. You know, and that's a great idea. I didn't um, think of doing the that. bags yeah. where the bags were touching them. It'd be cold, but it wasn't cold everywhere else. Right. All right. Let's go to the phone lines. And uh, before we take a break, uh, Doug wants to say good morning and to say thanks for something. Let's uh, find out what morning, Doug. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good. Doing good, man. Dude, I'm doing uh, probably better than you guys because I'm the one that won the grand prize. Grand prize winner. Mr. Doug, uh, congratulations. You won the uh, how many nights, how many days was it out there? Uh, It's one night and a half day uh, charter. Yeah, that's awesome. Out at uh, Steenhatchee River Club, which is a tremendous, tremendous gift. And uh, when are you going to try to plan on going? You know, we're still kind of looking into that, so not quite sure yet. But you know, obviously, it'll be next year, and uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah, if, if I was you, I would extend it a couple of days and make a weekend out of it. You know, yeah, yeah. go something. March, April, yeah, March, April when yeah. the sheep spring would be pretty. Sheep and mm-hmm. trout are biting I, I, good. I was going to ask you guys that. What's the? Because I'm a novice, so hope I don't embarrass myself too much out there. But um, what's the best times? Do you think? Well, I, I think the best time is is when their sheep's head bite is going on, mm-hmm. which okay. can be tremendous. Uh, the The number of, of sheep's head that they catch over there can be just uh, crazy good. And uh, and I, I like the wintertime over there just because it's different. It's quiet. It's peaceful. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a the, different experience for yeah, sure. Yeah, the bugs people. aren't you know terrible or anything like that, and so you know when you when you go over there, and, and that's winter time, so that's I guess what Kirk February March. I would say so. The, yeah, February March. March maybe yeah. even early. And, April. and here's yeah, I uh, like April because then yeah. then a lot the water's starting to warm up a little bit too, so you can sheep's head then still, but then also have kingfish and other right. things going on. Yeah. Oh, I think April sounds like the plan. There you go. So I just wanted to say, hey, I appreciate everything you guys do. I listen every morning. Like I said, I'm not not a great fisherman by any means, but I love listening. Uh, we appreciate that, Doug, and congratulations on winning and, and have a great time. And make sure when you after you go to call us and let us know how how everything went and, and Merry Christmas. Yep. Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Merry Christmas to y'all. Happy New Year. Appreciate it. All right, let's take a break. We come back. We're going to do a Kirby Co. Builders cooking tip of the week right here on the Nimnick Buick GMC Outdoor Show presented by Duck Duck Rooter. Welcome back to the Nimnick Chevrolet Outdoor Show presented by Duck Duck Rooter. Let's go to the phone lines and bring up Captain Kevin Favor himself to give us a deer report. Good morning, Kevin. Morning. Good morning, sir. How's everybody? Why aren't you in the deer stand right now? He well, was. First off, I've been listening since, since 7 o'clock, and um, I figured at 8 o'clock I'd, I'd see something. Sure enough, I had a six-point come out at 8 o'clock, and he went back in the woods. But the biggest reason is, Jeff, is that I, that's the first year that I've seen. And I got here on Monday, uh, mm-hmm. last Monday. Wow. And and um, that's the first year I've seen in the morning. The afternoons have been magical. I mean, like the, food, the these deer hammering these food plots. And I had, I, I, <laughs> I had one of those hunts, you know, yesterday evening. And, and Jeff, you know, you you and I have talked about this. You want to see that buck that makes you go, holy blank, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, you when, when you see him, you're like, oh my god, right? I haven't seen anything close to that all year. Nothing. I, you know, I was going to. I had this list of questions for Dave until I saw his deer yesterday, right? So I'm sitting there, and it's it's 450 food plot. I'm, I'm in a box stand, which I don't hunt much box, but it's it's kind of nice just to go relax sometimes. You know? All right, and then hold on. What what what's yeah. last legal shooting light? Oh hell, this is an hour before okay. dark. But I'm just yeah. saying, you know, like, I mean, what's what's last legal shooting I'd light? Say typically? 545. It yeah, about forty-five. Start. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is this is this is well before dark. You know, I mean, this is this is when you want to see deer come in. Yeah, but like the, and, the reason I say that is because typically yeah. that last hour of daylight or last hour of legal shooting light—that's when we we call the magic hour. Yep, magic hour. Yeah, and and this is this really. I would think this is a little bit before that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd say fifteen minutes before that, and. I kind of see some deer working from my from my left, which I've never seen deer come in there. And, and when I say that, these are these are eight year old planted pines, and you can't see more than twenty yards. You just you can't. I mean, I could kind of see movement, you know. And I'm thinking, oh well, they're going to come out into the food plot, and 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 sure enough, doe, yearling, doe, doe, another doe, another doe, six does come out. And and I'm like, well, that's that's really cool, you know. And I'm sitting there, and I see movement coming out of the of the trees. And dude, he steps out, and 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 I got my hands in my pocket, you know. I'm leaning back in my, you know, uh, my, my my chair, 
And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And it had just no expectations to see a buck this time of year. None. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I'm, I, he's at 50 yards, and he's staring dead at me. You know, he, he can't see me, but he's looking at that box blind, you know. And I can't move. I can't, I can't do a thing. But the does went on out in the food plot. And I'm thinking, Kevin, just don't move. Just just sit still, and he's going to go out to those does because he came in there with them. And sure enough, you know, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds of him standing there staring at me, he, he, he does. He puts his head down. He's going dead away from me out to those does. And I'm going, I'm just easing the gun up. And he takes one of those does and pushes her right into the woods. Obviously the one that was in heat. And... And he goes with her, and I got no shot, right? And I'm like, mm. he's going he's gonna to come back out. I got an hour. You know what I mean? And 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 about 10 seconds later, the doe that he pushed in the woods, she comes back out of the poop lot. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is over. This is, I'm, I'm trying to figure out ways how to, you know, how I'm going to drag him back and everything else, you know? And, and um, <laughs> you know, I'm trying, I'm thinking how, what kind of pictures I'm going to take and, and and I've got I sat there for forty five minutes looking through that scope, and wishing and never, wishing and wishing, and he never came he out. He never showed back up. Dang it! Ne- mm. He never never came back in there. So, but what an experience! I, so it's probably one of the biggest years I've ever seen here. Um, and, and 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 again, I've seen nothing this year. I've seen I've seen nothing to even make me pick my gun up or my bow. The only thing I've done all year is pick up my monarch. But wow. you know, to have to have that experience. And to and to know that he's here, I mean, you know, I mean, Dave, I heard you talking about this this earlier. You know, I mean, I've got I basically hunt close to a thousand acres, and you know, I've got twelve cameras out, and I haven't seen a shooter buck since August. I mean, I just haven't. And and uh, to to all of a sudden, you know, to to see this giant buck step out was a was a total shock. It really was, but it was cool. Great it was, encounter. That's why you just, Great encounter. I mean, yeah. when he stepped out, he was just, you know, neck all swollen, big, just big body deer. I'm like, seriously, I'm like, oh, my God. Well, him, where did you come from? With him not coming back out, that's just kind of describes what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. They're just starting to troll around, check things. If she was hot, he would have probably come back out. Yeah, yeah. No, there's, there's, yeah. I totally, just I totally agree. Yep, yep, yep. I, yeah, because if she was hot, um, but it, it's funny, um, walking out this morning because obviously i went back to that food plot um you know this morning and walking out uh, there's there's some giant tracks up and down my roads so something's going on um that 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 uh you know you you talked about jeff seeing so many deer um you know over that christmas holidays and stuff like that and 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 for for us we're we're i think we're like a week ahead of you Right. So this is this is kind of the week when we get the what do you want to call it second rut or you know when the yearlings go into heat or or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So because I, I I'm telling you, I, I've had when 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 I got here um, earlier in the week, I, I literally I went and checked all my cameras and stuff on 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 Monday. I, I told Carrie I said I have never seen this much deer sign here. Never. I mean it's for one thing. <laughs> Before we left two weeks ago, they planted rye in all the cow pastures, and that's that's 150 acres of my lease. 
you all see the deer tracks and that stuff. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's, 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 it's crazy. I mean, there's just, you know, I mean, on, on the edge of those fields, it, it, it looks like, you know, like, like, like they've had parties. Um, so it's probably a big yeah, factor on why you're seeing a lot of activity now. Yeah. All of a sudden you've got this food, massive food source. Yeah. And, and, and I'll tell you the other thing, Dave, is last year I planted one food plot in clover. Um, uh, Whitetail Institute, clover, mm-hmm. and, and, and also chicory. And it did, ama- I mean, like, I, I couldn't believe it. I showed you pictures the last time you were, yeah. you were in the studio. Well, I did, I did, I, I mixed the clover in with, with my, my winter mix this year. Mm-hmm. Pretty thick. It, it is, it's crazy. It, it's, it's up high enough now to where they're, I mean, they, they're hammering that clover. I mean, just... Yeah, I mean seriously, most of my winter mix they they ate down before it ever got up. Um, but my my clover is just is in the chicory, and it's wild and because it's, typically when you plant clover in the fall, the cold weather kind of keeps the clover a little bit subdued. The top, I know, yeah, and it's putting on roots, it's not really of a, a foraging source for deer because of the cooler weather. And then in the springtime, it explodes. I mean, that's kind of why you establish it in the fall. The roots right. established, and then in the springtime it just explodes. Well, yeah, I, I noticed that too, and that we've been pretty warm this fall after the initial yep. cold snap. Yeah, had a lot of growing. And season. then, the, yeah, the yeah. clover really grew. I mean, big time. Yeah, it, it, it did, Jeff. I mean, there's there's no doubt. I mean, those those plots, um, they're they're mostly clover and chicory, and and man, I, I you know again, I, that's the first time I ever did it last year, and these deer just. I mean, I've never seen this many deer in my food plots. You know, where where I'm sitting there watching six, ten does. Um, you know, yes, uh, the the evening before I hunted a different food plot. You know, and I saw six, ten does. I mean, I, you know, that's uh, and it's all clover. It's all clover and chicory now, and it's 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 pretty close to the ground. But they're still coming out there and hammering it. That's for sure. What is uh, for chicory, Dave? How far can that be planted? Because that that's something in the southeast that's like an awesome plant to plant. Oh, it's a go-to for me. Yeah. Can do do they plant that up in Iowa and Illinois oh, and yeah. Yep, they do. They do. Yep. Um we we actually plant it on the farm we're managing in Illinois. And is, when do you plant it though? Like we plant it in the fall. Oh yes, yeah, total different up there. They plant it in the spring? We plant it in summer. May, June. May, June. Yep. We actually <laughs> plant our but we also plant our fall food plots in July. Okay. Yeah, July, August, yeah, because you're getting ready to, you know, you've only got a month before they start getting freezing. Or September, you know, yeah, se- right. September you start you getting get freezing. We're here. We're you could plant now. What's what's the go-to mix like for Illinois, Iowa? Uh, pretty typical is here. Maybe a little different variety of the same stuff, but okay. You know, I know they plant tolerance. a lot of alfalfa. Yeah, people do have a lot of alfalfa, and alfalfa is a tough one to really complicated to grow, and you know. Yeah, that ain't easy. Yeah, yeah, if you get it established, it's amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. But we we uh, typically plant stuff that has a, a blend of brassicas in it. Um, you know, the kale and rapes and all that. Kale, stuff. rape, chicory. Yep, yep. We plant oats and a bruisey rye, and you know a lot of the same stuff okay. we plant here. But you got to think about the snow too, and try to get that like those <laughs> brassicas come up, and right. they'll stick up a little more. Don't have the deer don't have to dig through the snow. Okay. Speaking of that, Jeff, I mean, have you seen some of the weather forecasts for next week up here? Well, cold, they, they yeah, cold, 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 yeah. cold, cold, bro. 
<laughs> and they were yeah. originally, I looked at the forecast a couple of days ago, and they were talking about a wintry mix, maybe snow. Yeah. Yeah. I but mean, I they think Thursday's a high, a high of 33. A yeah. high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, snippy. That's, that's, that's cold, bro. We better break out the heaters to put them in your, uh, your box blinds. By, by, sure. by the way, I wanted to bring this up real quick. Kirk's going to do yep. this, I think, as a gear tip next week. We go to fish with him yesterday, Kevin, and he's you know he's making sure everybody's got enough clothes, you know, because you know Kirk, yep. he's got he's got yep. extra clothes if anybody needs it. Absolutely, it just makes me laugh. Thoughtful, and then you know Kirk, he's like, yeah, he goes, you know, you guys need one of these, and he and he opens up his jacket, and he's got this uh, vest on, and he pushes a button. The Milwaukee vest on? No, it's no, not no. the Milwaukee vest. It's some other oh. fancy vest that he's got. And he pushes a button on his left chest, and it lights up. And it's a new heated vest that you, that that he has. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that ain't even look at that, look at look at yeah. this guy. That's Why great. go without what is what is the brand vest. name? It's got to be comfortable. Yeah, you got to exactly. be comfortable. What, what was the brand name of that thing? It's uh, a Zozo. Zozo. A Zozo. A Zozo. Mm-hmm. And how long did you say that that will last? Uh, it'll last all day. All day. It, it gets actually. It got so hot yesterday. I had to turn it off for a while. I was cooking. <laughs> I was cooking. <laughs> I was stripping. You, you saw slow, me strip down. You were slow cooking like a Boston butt. Oh, I was like a Boston man. butt, man. I was like, I got to turn this thing off. And they're over there going, man, oof. You know, oof. A little chilly uh, out here. Flexing their shoulders. You, you know, know what? You know, Jeff, if you're if you're sitting in a deer stand next week, you're, you're going to be one. like. <laughs> what, how do you spell that again? I'm looking it up now. I look it up. Yeah. Gonna, it, it, probably, it, Chris is probably going, that's not how you pronounce that. All right, well, while we got you on the line, we're going to do a uh, Kirby Co. Builders cooking tip of the week. And uh, and because uh, Captain Kirk, of course, is, it seems like, always has some kind of fancy recipe. But this one's pretty straightforward. And Kirby Co. Builders, industry leader and proven provider of framing, drywall, interior, and exterior finishing on both commercial and residential products. Go to KirbyCoBuilders.com to learn more. Go to the homepage of OutdoorShow.com if you can't find it. Uh, this week comes from Captain Kirk and his oysters Rockefeller. Yeah, this oh, is yeah. actually the picture as Brad actually had gone down and got some and took the picture that he did, and I've done them too. It's simple. I mean, all you're doing is uh, spinach, a dab of spinach, a little uh, pat of butter, uh, put some, and I like the freshly grated Parmesan that you can buy in the Always. Post, yeah, the, you know, not the stuff in the can. Yeah. And then you just throw it on top of the oysters, throw them in the oven, bake them, bam. You know, the hardest part is shucking, shucking all those them oysters. Filling you know? them, yeah. How long do you bake them? Um, shoot, it doesn't take five do minutes. you broil it? You can do that. Yeah, okay. I generally broil mine because you get that nice that crust, crust on the on cheese. Yeah. 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 By I'll, the way, Kevin, how are the oysters from Harold? Look, I, I, I got to tell you this seriously. Um, the best oysters I've had in years. I mean, like, like, like way years. Um, I'm actually, you know, I, it's it's funny. Over the years, I've I've gotten some some oysters that I just didn't think were that good, and I, I really stopped eating them. I really did, yeah. you know, and and those that he got out of, uh, Harold got out of Salt Run, uh, we, we did them that night, Jeff, and, and uh, Carrie and I ate the whole damn five-gallon bucket. I mean, it was it was so good, um, and uh, yeah, thanks, Harold. I appreciate that, and, and yeah, Kurt, the stone crab claws were money. Oh, they were delicious, weren't they, Kevin? Money. Holy so, smoke. So, 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 so listen, here, here's, here's was the menu, Jeff? On Saturday night after the show, we did the oysters, which mm-hmm. was a five-gallon bucket between two people is a lot, right? So, uh, and then and then when we got here on on Monday, uh, Kerry did the stone crab claws, 
And then last night, she did fresh sheep's head, uh, greens, and cheese grits. Oh, yum. Mm. <laughs> that sounds great. That's the only thing we were missing <laughs> up in Fargo. We didn't have the cheese grits. Yes, we had cheese grits last night. Boy. So I love stuff. cheese grits, but, uh, I, you know, I used to put pepper sauce on my greens. Me mm. too. Right. You we know. always had pepper sauce on the table. Yeah. We ate so many greens. Love pepper sauce. And, and I still like pepper sauce. And, uh, of course, you love to have some crispy cornbread to go along with the greens. Mm-hmm. But Tara's got me turned on. Her, her um, mom and dad makes this homemade pear relish Ooh. that gets put on the greens. You said Ooh. pear? Pear. Huh. And Ooh. I'm talking, oh, my gosh. Good. <laughs> I got to get you guys some let you try it. Yeah, you you, you got to get some. But, but Dave, it's, it's funny. Uh, I was listening also um, about about fruit trees yeah and 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 and, and I, I can tell you for a fact that my pear trees get hammered i mean i I put and, and the cool thing about pear trees is that you can buy different types of pear trees that bear fruit at different times of the year yeah so absolutely different can, varieties y- yeah you can yeah different varieties and and i have that in what i you know I call our little orchard and and you can't believe the deer they come around and eat those pears. I mean, it's 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 cool, especially around October when they're falling. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. Yep. Yeah. The one thing I, I've learned though about the pear trees, you better trim them. In oh, the yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. You know something that's hard for folks to do is to actually uh, prune the the fruit off when they're younger. Right. Mm-hmm. They break limbs. Break limbs. Yeah, I stuff. had that issue. Yeah. Yep. So yep. A bunch of my trees got broken limbs all over the place because I didn't do a very good job of trimming them. Yeah. You just want to get a good foundation. Even when they get bigger, though, they're going to break limbs. And oh, all yeah. That. It's going to happen. But that's the right. beauty of it. We're going to let you go. Good luck this afternoon. Yep. Good luck this yep. week. Yep. And then, uh, Kevin, uh, you will be uh, the outdoor show is going to be live on Christmas Eve a week from today. Yep. 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 I know. I know Kirk and I will be there. We'll get uh, Leon or Scotty or somebody to come sit in with us. There you go. 10 4, brother. Good luck. Just give me yeah, plenty yeah, of warning. Hopefully, he sees the shooter. Yeah. Yeah. This afternoon. We'll get All right, let's exciting. take a break. Text. We'll come back. We'll do an updated weather update of tides right here on the Nimnik Buick GMC Outdoor Show presented by Duck Duck Rooter. Kirsch got me looking at these heated vests in the commercial break. Yep. I'm telling I'm you. thinking late season deer hunt, it's money. 30 degree high next week. I probably ought to get me one now. It's it is money. <laughs> it, I you know when Kate gave it to me for for I think it was Father's Day a couple of years ago, and it was you know she said you you can use this you know when it gets cold. I hung it in the closet and I was like, eh. mm-hmm. you know, I've seen those heated sock things. Yeah. It's like, yeah, those are I could, but now terrible. If they had, do they make socks to go with it? Because if so, no. I'm going to get them both. No, yeah. See, I have a problem with that too. I wear two pairs of socks in my rubber boots in the wintertime because my feet get cold. Mm-hmm. And when my feet get cold, my body gets cold. On a deer stand, keep my feet warm. Yeah. That's, but that's so hard. The first time I wore it, I took it out. She said, take it in the boat. And I remember it was cold as blazes. And I went out there and, you know, I forgot I was wearing it. And I'm like, oh, so you just mashed the button. So you mashed the little button one time. Yeah, it's not even fair. And it comes on and it's bright red. And, and so that's the high setting. And I was fishing for about 10 minutes. I'm like, dang, man, I'm getting hot flashes. Like, what the heck's going on, you know? Oh, Lord. Yeah. Anyway. All right, well, let me, uh, let's me let do an updated weather and updated tides. Quickly. Tides report brought to you by Angie Subs, the finest sub shop in Jacksonville. Yes, the French fries are beautiful. 
Today, the tides at 8.48 a.m. had a low tide. That was a .83 at 2.59 p.m. this afternoon. It's going to be a high tide. That's a 4.05, and that's a Mayport tide, so adjust your fishing accordingly. And then a weather report brought to you by the best barbecue in Jacksonville, and it's not even close, and that's the Bearded Pig, two locations, one in the San Marco area, the other at the beach. Today is going to be absolutely beautiful. Going to have uh, northwest winds, 5 to 10, becoming southwest this afternoon, 2 feet. That's fantastic. Uh, Everybody, I hope, has a great day offshore today because I know a bunch of folks went. Tomorrow, going to get a little sporty, northwest 15 to 20 knots. Going to slow down about 10 to 15 in the afternoon, 3 to 5. Monday, he's got some wind coming in, and here comes the wind and the rain and stuff. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, some changing weather because there's a cold front pushing down towards about uh, Thursday, Friday next oh. week, and going to be chilly. So Frost just everybody kind of keep, keep that in mind. Uh, Dave, thank you for sitting in with us this morning. Yep. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And Always uh, is. Appreciate that. And uh, and also, uh, where can people, if they wanted to to use you for consulting, you? Tall, tall Times Consulting, What what's the story? Yeah, I, uh, I don't have a website or anything, so I would say go to Facebook and look look up Tall Times. Seems okay. like everybody no more is worried about having a website it's more about facebook social media nowadays yeah i mean i kind of looked into getting a website and it really wasn't i'm not i don't do a lot of advertising it's just word of mouth mostly so yeah um but yeah they can do that or reach out to you guys facebook tall times consulting yep are you active or like you on it all the time i'm active yeah answer a a lot of questions no i'm a troll I post. In fact, it's probably a good uh, social media page to look at. Cause so I, so I, I give a lot of tips. And so I need things. to follow you. Yeah, you need to be followed. Oh, absolutely. I'll ask you need a lot of help. Help set that up. Yeah, you need help. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna well, need some help. But I, but I try, Last minute I try dig. To, I try to uh, routinely post things that would be helpful during that time of management activities. So. Okay, it's hard to do all that stuff. I do it constantly. It's hard to do it. Remember to do it. Yeah. All right, as usual, the Outdoor Show is brought to you by these fine sponsors. Steenhatchee River Club, Angie Sub, Strike Zone, Shimano, Whalen Bay Marine, Kirby Co. Builders, Inc., Tire Outlet, Atlantic Coast Marine, CNH Marine Construction, Duck Duck Rooter, Hagen, Coastal Outfitters, LV Hires, Inc., Consignment Boat Sales, Claude Nolan Cadillac, Thick Pen Heating and Cooling, Coastal Equipment, Ring Power and a Cat Rental Store, Bearded Pig, Wild West Guns and Gold, and, of course, the Nimnik family of dealership Chevrolet on Cassett and Buick and GMC on Phillips Highway. And we hope everybody has a great, safe holiday season. We will be on the air next Saturday on Christmas Eve. I won't be here. You won't hear. Kevin I'll, and others Kevin and I will be here. We'll but, hold you uh, up. But anyway, hope everybody has a very, very Merry Christmas. Thank you, Dave, for sitting with us, and we'll talk to everybody next Saturday, same time, same place. See you. See you. See you. Merry Christmas. Reaching every week, there's always a tale to tell.